From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning, TGIF, and welcome to the first full day of fall 2022. Summer, ladies and gentlemen, is over. A lot to share with you this hour. We have Michael Suleiman, the chairman of the Atlanta County Democratic Committee, joining us in the next hour at 7. New Jersey Senator Michael Testa at 8. And then uh, by popular demand, if not command... An official Hurley in the Morning mental health break hour. Brother Don will come by and what we'll do is we'll just talk about fun stuff. Uh, Invariably, we will probably bring up Aaron Judge because this is uh, getting very what's I know it's exciting, but suspenseful. You have basically every time he steps up to the plate. They put the special baseballs in. They then have, if you're watching the Phillies game, for example, last night, they cover Judge at the plate. And this has been this has been an unbelievable week. It's been a great week, but it has been a demanding week. And, and I've just been getting robbed, robbed in the sleep department. So I didn't catch all of the game. But I caught most of it. And again, another incredible walk-off win for the Yankees. They're they're playing phenomenal baseball. They're playing basically like they were playing uh, for most of the season, with the exception of the one uh, bad patch that they had, which is going to cost them the overall best record in the American League. But they'll have the second best record. It's not that much different, except when you if if it goes. According to the seeding, it will be an impact if they face the Astros. It would have been better had the Yankees had the first seed. But it's been very exciting. Uh, I'll tell you what I didn't like. 15 of the uh, – let me let me go back. 12 of the first 15 pitches that Aaron Judge faced last night were balls. I mean, the first four – in the dirt and outside, I thought, wow, they, they might they might be just taking a position that they don't want Judge to get it. They don't want a Red Sox pitcher. I sort of calculated that that could be possible. But then I thought, nah, I mean, Boston's out of it. Uh, and that just looks terrible and they're not going to do it. But they kind of did. He got a few pitches that he could hit. Now, evidently, late in the game, and I think I only missed one of his at-bats. So out of the four that I saw, he walked three times and struck out once. Bogarts was 0 for 3. Let me double-check. I imagine, even though he didn't get a hit last night that I'm aware of, I imagine the judge still 
is leading the Triple Crown. And that really is only the batting average. He's, he has a 20 home run lead, which is ridiculous. About an eight or so RBI lead. Let's see real quick. And it was very close. It was fractional difference with Judge in the lead to start the game. But depending on what the third place guy did, let's see. This should do it. Yeah, Judge now has, it was fractional going into the game. Judge now has a two-point edge. He's batting 316. Bogarts is, or is it Bogarts? You know, Bogarts. He's at 314. Judge has 60 home runs. And the closest in all of Major League Baseball is, and it shows you, this is not a year with a tremendous amount of home runs happening. Schwarber of the Phillies has 40. In the American League, Alvarez at 37. Judge has a 23 home run advantage over the second most home runs in the American League. And RBIs, he had an eight RBI lead. Alonzo must have had one last night. Now it's seven. That's Alonzo from the Mets. He actually has an 11 RBI lead over anybody in the American League. So he's got the home run title locked. He's pretty much got the RBI total locked. I mean, but, you know, you never know. Somebody could get really hot if you had like eight RBIs one game and four, five, six the next. I mean, you can catch up, but doubtful. And then besides that, Tucker from Houston at 102. Judge is uh, 26 RBIs ahead of him. He is the MVP of the league. There's no question about that. And I posted last night during the game, I guess it was in the first inning, something like that. I just think it's really great. I think they're a terrific family. They were very good when McGuire was having his run at the record. And that's the Maris family. Roger Maris's family is just a class act. They've been at every game since Judge hit his 60th home run. And I guess they're going to be there until he does it. Which I don't think... We're going to have to wait very much longer. Probably have to wait a little bit. But I think this weekend should do it. He's It's been a couple days. That's how Judge goes. He's But but he's not getting a lot to hit. That That's a problem. If they don't give you anything to hit, Judge is very patient and he's not swinging at bad pitches. He's taking the walks. He's had a ton of them. But I suspect that between tonight and Saturday and Sunday, he'll get the two. He'll tie it, and then he'll break it. And I'm I'm interested in him beating Ruth before game 154, which I think he will do. He's tied right now after 148 games. So he's got some room there. 
But I'll tell you, if he doesn't get it soon, I mean, that's going to get close there, too. And, you know, the people say, well, you didn't beat him. He tied him because, uh, you know, he had more games and you get into that kind of thing. And I want to see him beat Roger Maris uh, well before game 162. I'll tell you what I learned that I just never knew before. or If I did, I forgot. I don't think I ever knew it, though. Roger Maris basically had 163 games. In the books, officially, it's 162. But there was a tie earlier in the season in 1961 that they had to deal with. And so they played another game. So they sort of played two games to make one. It only counted as one. Now, you might remember, I think the year was 1978. And that gave Ron Guidry one extra win. The Yankees did play a 163rd game against the Boston Red Sox. They finished tie, and they had to play a one-game playoff. And the Yankees, a very exciting game. And the Yankees wound up winning it. So that happened then. This was a little bit different, though. The Maris thing was because of a tie. So if that game... And I'm not aware if he homered in the earlier game when it was tie or not. But if that game hadn't been played a second time, if you will, and all the stats count, he would not have hit the 61st home run. He hit it in the fourth inning of basically the 163rd game of the year. Officially, though, in the record books, it was the 162nd game. Back in a moment. Don't go away. 16 minutes past the hour. Uh, As I mentioned, we have Atlanta County Democratic Committee Chairman Michael Suleiman coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, I always enjoy my time with him because I like him personally. We politically uh, disagree on just about everything. Uh, You'll hear it in the next hour. won't matter if we're talking national, if we're talking local. Uh, Everything he believes, I don't. Everything I believe, he doesn't. Uh, But I still enjoy it, and I like that kind of uh, discussion because it gives people an opportunity to hear varying opinions, different sides, if you will. Uh, But a good guy, I I just think he's wrong politically, but a very good guy. New Jersey Senator Michael Testa in the 8 o'clock hour and a early in the morning official mental health break that I am immensely looking forward to. I never look forward to the week being over because then when the week's over, we've got to separate for the weekend, even though digitally we do not, because I don't, I work seven days a week. I don't take off the weekend. I produce at least two pieces of digital content every weekend, sometimes two each day, but always at least one each day. So we don't leave you completely, but uh, I am, I am a bit wiped out. And I am looking forward to the mental health break hour and turning a lot of this junk either off or way, 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 way down. And then enjoying a nice weekend. Oh, incidentally, put another log on the fire. I walked out my door. I was expecting it because I pay attention. But it was basically, I don't want to say cold, but it was pretty darn cool. It was about 55 degrees walking out the front door.
I didn't wear a coat, and I'm in a, sh- a short sleeve shirt. But it was pretty cool, noticeably so. And get ready because pretty soon, I hope in a way that the American people experience it, but you probably won't because the first bill doesn't come out till like a month later that would impact it. But it's a shame that the American people are not going to be able to see what Joe Biden did to them with these home heating bills that are going to be very, very challenging this winter. Get ready for it. Not saying that with any joy. I'm just telling you like it is. It's going to be very expensive. Fox News commentary. A North Dakota teen is hit and killed by a man who admitted to doing it for political reasons, justifying vehicular manslaughter by claiming the boy was a Republican extremist. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Smart businesses are always looking for ways to improve. Better work days can start with CentOS. Your dedicated CentOS service reps help make sure you have what you need when you need it. We'll stock your essential cleaning products, deliver hygienically clean workwear, inspect your fire extinguishers, and provide first aid and safety supplies. Cintas is with you every step of the way, so you stay a step ahead. Visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. Weekend in North Dakota, 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson was hit and killed by Shannon Brandt, who reportedly admitted to intentionally hitting the teen after a political dispute. Brandt told the dispatcher the teen was part of a Republican extremist group. He also claimed the teen called some people, so he was afraid. So he rammed him with a car and killed him. The left has been empowered and emboldened. They've been told so long as they label those they don't like as racist, white supremacists, or extremists, they're automatically given the moral high ground to take those people out by any means necessary. Take it from someone who knows a thing or two about being the target of political violence. This kind of thing is not going to end anytime soon and is only going to get worse. This is what leftists pull when they control the government. I fear for what happens when they start losing. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's talk station. That is correct, and thank you, Sean Hannity. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this. I don't watch his show, but I've been keeping a little bit of tabs on this Bill Maher, and he has really come around. He sees the crazy in this socialist Democrat agenda, and he has evolved. Take this one, for example. He said, and I quote, if kids knew what they wanted to be at age eight, the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses. I wanted to be a pirate. Thank God nobody took me seriously and scheduled me for eye removal and peg leg surgery. Spot on. And he never talked like this before, but it, it is apparent that the radical wing of the democrat party controls 100 percent of the democrat party and they seem to all have to go along case in point check this one out facebook quote with great caution facebook is considering lifting the trump ban president trump as you know has been banned uh for close to two years now. Now, there's no real telling whether he'll even come back to Facebook. He's got the 
Truth Social, and uh, he may not come back even if he's reinstated. But get a load of this. Facebook's parent company, Meta, is currently weighing whether it will lift its platform ban on former President Donald Trump and says it's proceeding with, quote, great caution in its deliberations. All right, so listen to this. This guy, Nick Clegg, who I've never heard of, but he's the president for Meta Global Affairs, Facebook. Quote, it's not a capricious decision. We will look at the signals related to real world harm to make a decision whether at the two year point, which is early January next year, whether Trump gets reinstated to the platform. Real world harm. Now, they have Putin. They have Iran. They have mullahs. They have North Korea. They have other dictators, other horrific people all over their platform. But they're tortured and tied in knots about the real world harm that could be the result of President Trump being reinstated. You tell me these aren't sick people. Quote, Clegg first handed at Meta, allowing the former president back on its service in June of 2021 when he stated that the company would would evaluate whether, quote, the risk to public safety, quote, of restoring Trump's account had ceased. Listen to the language. We keep telling you these socialist Democrat maggots. Scumbags. What else can I call them? That's an understatement. They have contempt. It's like Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't hate Iran. He wants to give Iran billions of dollars. He doesn't hate them. He doesn't hate Putin or anybody. But he hates Trump and all Trump voters. He trashed half of the country. I keep telling you, it's a dangerous, sick time. He never should have been banned. This whole exemption that they have in the media has to be removed. It's it's out of control. But again, if you're a listener of this program, I told you following the election of 2020, they would never let it happen again. And they're they're messing with all kinds of people. I know I'm one of them and I've never been uh, sanctioned. I've never posted anything that. They may not agree with it, but I've never posted anything that was not professional. And I know I'm getting ghosted. I know it. There's no doubt in my mind. They don't tell you. But it's just crazy. They jump all over conservatives and liberals can do anything. Go look at some of these things that they allow to stay on their platform and then look at who they go after woke i just got an update woke military academy program bans cisgender men cisgender c-i-s-g-e-n-d-e-r 
And there was a big story. I never got to it on yesterday's program uh, because it was just too darn busy. But another aspect of the military that's just all completely woke, broke and a joke. It's 30 minutes past the hour. We'll be back in just a little bit. Please don't go away. I'm not even getting started yet. Much more content, including today should be launch day, official launch day regarding the commitment with America. I've been clamoring, begging for the Republicans to bring it home with a very focused agenda of what we will do if you put us in the majority. This is very necessary. It's very smart. We'll tell you about that uh, if and when time permits as well. The Atlanta County Democratic Committee Chairman Michael Suleiman at 7, New Jersey Senator Michael Testa at 8, and a early in the morning official mental health break at 9. You'll fill in all the rest. This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour. Three stories you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. I put together, because there's some confusion, it's not complicated, but I put together what exactly the Atlantic City change of government ballot question means if it passes. And I think it has a reasonable chance to pass. We wrote a very nice piece on Dave Schaller and his promotion with the owner of the 76ers and Ernest Corsi's opponent, Vern Macon, gets big support. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. The first full day of fall, definitely a cool one for South Jersey. 50s this morning, only 65 this afternoon. Lots of sunshine, but also an annoyingly brisk, chilly wind up to about 25 miles an hour. Tonight will be the coldest of the week, low 47. Calmer winds, mainly clear skies. And tomorrow we'll have a nice fall day to kick off the weekend. Partly sunny, high 72. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hey, Ma, roof's leaking. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. To know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Here's another thing that I'm very, very sick of. I am sick of this weaponization of every single apparatus of our government and it being used to come after their perceived political opponents. Case in point, look at how lenient. I mean, you have this guy. Think about this. You have this guy that ran over an 18-year-old young man. I want to say boy, but that's majority age. Barely a man. Ran him over. Killed him. And uses the justification that this 18-year-old young man was a conservative. He's out of jail. He's out. Meanwhile, an ex-army reservist gets a four-year prison term for January 6th conduct. I am sick of this, and I'm telling you, we need Trump to become the president, and he has to pardon every one of these people. Now, look, if there's a handful that if they had weapons and if they actually broke laws that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about all the people that have been harassed by the fbi and others that have been in jail for almost two years that are not being given 
their rights and these heinous, violent criminals go free. It is madness. And if you're being honest about it, you know that it's not right. We're not supposed to have different laws for different people. I mean, imagine that. And incidentally, I actually took notes on this. Hold on. Let me go into the um, trusty section of my notepad. Get ready for this. Okay. So there was the hit and run of the teen. The guy left. He did come back later, and he called 911, but he hit and ran. ABC has covered it for zero minutes. CBS has covered it for zero minutes. NBC, zero minutes. CNN, zero minutes. MSNBC, zero minutes. Now, how is this not news? A lunatic saying that somebody was conservative, so he ran him over and killed him. Now, you know and I know if this would have been a Republican that ran over a Democrat, we wouldn't hear the end of it. And Trump would be the blame. So I'm going to have to say that Joe Biden attacking half of America and using the same language that this guy, this murderer, alleged murderer used, that Joe Biden has blood on his hands and Joe Biden has to get the same treatment as they give Trump. How many times, think about it, have they blamed President Trump for something he said as being the reason why something that they want to assign blame to him? You know I'm telling the truth. No coverage on this. You mean to tell me that's not a story? And if the if the scenario just were reversed, do you really believe, I don't know, was that five networks and cable channels? Do you believe that there would be zero coverage? Just flip it all the way. It's just like, it's like everything else. If Hunter Biden were Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump, there would be transcripts of every page, every, every data byte of that hard drive. They would connect every dot. They would they would be telling you Trump is the big guy, that Trump gets 10 percent. They would tell you it's right here. It would be the smoking gun. It would be there would be grand juries impaneled in 50 states. It's Hunter Biden. Nothing. Crickets. So sick of this. They don't go after real criminals, but they want to make criminals out of people that haven't committed any crime. So when Trump becomes president, there's a long list of people that need to be let out of prison, that need to be paid money. That's all you can do at that point. You stole part of their life from them. How do they justify not covering this guy and then giving the absolute market saturation level, incessant, nonstop coverage of January 6th or anything else that they want to promote. God, we need so much reform 
in this country that it is it is breathtaking. When we come back, the Trafalgar Polling Institute is so correct. And wait till I share share it with you right after the break. I think even the socialist nut job Democrats are going to agree with what I'm going to share next, even if it's only in the privacy of their own head. Well, I can't I can't say it out loud, but you're right. You want to hear how many times I hear that? I can't admit it, but you're right. Well, we are uh, because we work very hard at it because we are. Early in the morning. That's right. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. You know, I just thought of, uh, and I honestly haven't given this much thought until during the break. Uh, I know there's a lot of things that the, um, the, the House majority will have to take care of. Uh, when they take office in January. But one of the early things they should do, and I'm not usually in this kind of camp, but because I I can't stand how it's been used again and again and again. But Joe Biden has to be impeached. He won't be convicted and just accept that. But he has to be impeached. And there are many reasons why. But I, I would focus on the five million people that he purposely allowed illegally to come into this country and how injurious that is to America in ways we know and in ways we don't yet know. But one day we will find out, sadly. You can't overstate the amount of fentanyl, the amount of human trafficking, sex trafficking, uh, just illegals uh, that, that hate America that are coming here to do us harm, gang members, terrorists. He has to be impeached. That's not political either. I, I, I don't mean that in a partisan way. He has to be impeached because he's betrayed the oath that he took. Let me go back. I, I do want to share with you um, a very interesting polling item that I absolutely agree is completely accurate. And we'll see what you think when I get to it. But I want to talk about this guy from North Dakota who ran over the Republican teenager saying that they had a political argument. But there doesn't seem to be even any evidence that they even knew each other. So I don't even know what to make of some of this. But Shannon Brandt, who is 41 years old, told the police that he hit 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson who he thought was, quote, part of a Republican extremist group, quote, part of a Republican extremist group, end quote. Now, of course, that's Joe Biden talking. So you have to say Joe Biden got this kid killed. And if you don't like that, too bad. If you don't like hearing that, you're the problem. When somebody kills somebody, and says it's because they thought they were part of a Republican extreme extreme. I don't know why I'm not saying this word correctly. I think I'm spitting mad is what it is when they say he's, quote, part of a Republican extremist group, end quote. 
And that's the exact language that Joe Biden used last week. I'm blaming Biden. How can't you? And how is this guy charged the same way that if you inadvertently didn't mean to do it and killed someone, he's basically being charged like he had no bad intentions? How is this possible? He's being treated better than the uh, military person I just told you about that got four years in prison. This guy's out. We've got people that weren't even at January 6th that have been in jail for two years. According to an affidavit, Brandt admitted to striking the pedestrian with his car because he had a political argument with the pedestrian. Ellingson died of his injuries. A breathalyzer test found Brandt's blood alcohol level above the legal limit. And I do want to tell you that nearly two-thirds of the American people say that political divisions are increasingly spilling over into violence. No kidding. No kidding. And they keep saying It's the other side. I don't hear any Republicans saying, hey, there's a Democrat. Let's kill him. But that's what these Democrats are doing. Joe Biden on September 1st used a national speech on unity. How how hilarious is that? And and, an utterly hate speech, completely divisive hate speech. But it's titled Unity, just like the Inflation Reduction Act, just like the Affordable Care Act. One day I had just a couple of minutes of fun time and I looked up about 50 different Democrat pieces of legislation that have crazy names that are the exact opposite of what they pretend to be. Why don't they pull that question? Do you believe that Shannon Brandt ran over with a truck, Kaylor Ellingson, killing him because he thought he was part of a Republican extremist group. Do you believe that Joe Biden's hate speech using the same exact language had anything to do with that? I say Biden triggered Brandt and he is creating a almost a hit squad to carry out his plan. How can that not be true, what I just said? But imagine saying a national unity speech and the entire speech was hatred, was complete, just utter trashing of one half of America. But don't worry. The, the, the judge, he's really, really understanding and... He let this guy go on $50,000 bail. What can you say? What can you say to what's going on in our country right now? And you tell me it can't get to be November uh, 8th quick enough. 
Trafalgar, who's doing some of the greatest polling work in American history, has determined that there's going to be an incredible, quote, I'm using the word incredible, but it is going to be incredible, quote, submerged MAGA Republican voter turnout in the 2022 midterm election. I mentioned this to you last week. I know this for a fact. Here's what's happened. We all, we know that Trump always does better than the polling says he will. You remember one state he was down by 28 points and he lost by like less than half of 1% Wisconsin or somewhere like that. So we always know that he performs better and that's because the polls are completely crooked. But in fairness, on top of them being crooked and oversampling Democrats and things like that, Republicans and and in particular the staunchest Trump Republican voters, they not only don't trust what's going on, they despise what's going on and they don't participate. So there's no way to measure a significant portion of the electorate. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be much bigger than anybody knows at this point. Quote, I call this new group submerged voters. They aren't putting stickers on their cars, signs in their yards, posting their opinions or even answering polls. That's the reality. That's what's going on right now. But guess what they are going to do? 100 percent. They're going to vote. Quote, at this point, I think it's fair to say that Biden's pursuit of and attacks on MAGA Republicans has created an army of voters who will be virtually impossible to poll even for us and more difficult still to estimate. Brilliant. Brilliant analysis. And so what that means is every poll that you hear is going to be undersampled in terms of what really is going to occur on election day wait and see it's going to be all those democrats again saying what happened what this is really close what happened i remember this so vividly in 1994 peter jennings and dan rather america has had a temper tantrum tonight because if democrats don't win then for some reason It's a mistake. It can't just be that that's what the American people wanted. When they win, it's it's the world according to Garp. They they everything is right. Everything is perfect when they lose. So this is this is really the um, the crux of the matter. Democrats either win or they say they won. Or they win or they say you didn't really win. There was some kind of mistake they they didn't really vote for you. There's something weird happened. They just never, ever accept the results of an election when they don't win. But of course, then they say that about you. Interesting, isn't it? We'll be talking to Atlanta County Democratic Committee Chairman Michael Suleiman right after the break. A lot to cover with the chairman. We're going to cover it all. National, state, local, whatever comes up.
WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. Let me make this clear because this is going to make it an even better hour. We followed what I call the Johnny Carson rule. The Johnny Carson rule is you don't talk about the interview until you do the interview. Johnny Carson swore by that, only broke it one time in his entire career, and he didn't really break it. He had a thing where you couldn't even come to to Johnny's dressing room before the show because invariably you would just start talking about stuff. So he didn't talk to anybody. I forget who it was. It was a comedian. One time somebody came and saw Johnny before the show. But so I, I, I know the chairman will back me up on this. Other than we set this hour up together, we did not talk about what we were going to talk about. Would you back me up on that, Mr. Chairman? Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. It's living proof. Now, this is this is almost like a unicorn sighting because Republicans and Democrats don't speak to to each other anymore. It's I, I don't understand it. I, I've never subscribed to it. I'm never going to play by those rules, but it almost is the case. So we have the Atlanta County Democratic Committee Chairman, Michael Suleiman, Democrat, Harry Hurley, registered Republican. And we're actually going to have, I, I believe, a great conversation. Here's my idea. Because I think this would be a fun way to do it, and it also would be, I think, informative uh, and fun for the listeners. We'll each have the floor to put out a topic, and we'll alternate. How's that sound? Uh, I'll follow your lead, Harry. It says, you know, I must confess I'm not a morning person, so... Only you can get me up at 7 in the morning, so I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Chairman. All right, so we're going to do this. All right, so I'll get the first question, and I want to go national. And we're going to talk local. We'll talk county. We'll talk state. We'll talk whatever you want to talk about, Chairman. But I I mentioned this in the last hour. This North Dakota man who – I'm using the word allegedly because, you know, I think we have to be responsible. But it seems pretty clear that he did it. But allegedly ran over – a Republican teenager, 18 years old, because he said, quote, end quote, that he believes that this 18-year-old was part of a Republican ex- extremist group. Now, that's the language that President Biden used. Do you blame President Biden for this guy, Shannon Brandt, allegedly killing this young boy because he was part of a Republican extremist group? Is Biden in any way responsible for that? So, look, I think we're, I'm not familiar with the, the, the particular case, but I think we're all responsible for our own actions. If this gentleman did wrong in North Dakota, he should pay the price just in the same way that uh, Derek Chauvin should, is uh, paying the price for uh, killing George Floyd. So, you know, to me, we, we're all God's children. We should all treat each other with respect. And if Somebody did bad. That's uh, that's on them individually. Uh, it's you know at the end of the day, this gentleman, if it's true, uh, drove the car, or in the case of uh, Floyd, uh, 
the gentleman put the uh, uh, knee on his neck. So I think we're all responsible for our own actions. Do you think that somebody that runs over a kid and says it's because he's a Republican extremist should be out on $50,000 bail? Yeah, I'd have to look at the the individual case. I mean, obviously, if the guy did wrong, I mean, he should, should be prosecuted to, to the extent of the law. I mean, you know, I will pivot to, uh, you know, talk about bipartisanship. And I'll correct you, Harry. I talk to Republicans all the time, even when you all piss me off sometimes. No, I didn't say you. I, I didn't say you. I said you were my exception because you're here. I said that's basically you got to admit that's basically what's happening today. Democrats and Republicans well, gonna, just don't yeah. don't speak like we used to. I I don't play that way. But here's my problem with this. If this was a flip the script moment, I think you would know all about it. All the networks would be covering it. Maybe the reason you don't know about it is that I named five or six networks and cable channels. They haven't given one second coverage. Now, meanwhile, this isn't speculation. This guy, the statement exists, and he said these things, that this is why he did it, because it's a Republican extremist, which is exactly the language that President Biden used in his Lucifer hate speech that was supposed to be titled Unity Speech, which is hilarious. Uh, you'd know all about this if if the script were flipped. That's the problem I have with this. Well, I think we have to lower the temperature on all sides. I mean, uh, 10 years ago, everybody said, oh, it's very contentious and polarizing. Now it's gotten a hell of a lot worse. So we have to lower the temperature. I was going to mention in a, in a stream of bipartisanship, look what we did about eight or nine years ago with bail reform in New Jersey, you know, kind of along the same lines. I mean, you know, Governor Christie working with the Democratic legislature uh, to get that done. And frankly, New Jersey's bail reform, even though it has some kinks, you know, has been a model for other states. So it would be nice to get back to a place of camaraderie and we can have fierce disagreements, but still get along uh, personally. I, I, not to brag, I like to think that I do that. I, well, I have vociferous disagreements with kind of local Republicans. Every time I see them or they see me or we're out at a bar, I'll buy them around or they'll buy me a drink or, you know, I, I, I pretty much get along with everybody here. Maybe there's a few, uh, bad uh, apples in the bunch but i'd like to think i get along with everybody everybody gets along with me so i think uh, that's that's to your credit and and that's why we're able to talk with one another and i think that the the public is served well by that it's 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 a um it's a good quality trait uh you get the next topic Uh, look i'm open to whatever i guess uh i know uh already to duke with you i i've been i texted so Pull back the current for your listeners. I texted you recently because uh, you were killing me on some of this Biden stuff. I said, I got to come on and start fighting you. Then we can really talk some local stuff because I know you probably want to talk about Atlantic City and the shenanigans going on there. But, you know, I'm looking at uh, CNN right now uh, watching and, uh, you know, Biden's poll numbers, the highest they've ever been uh, this year. And, you know, we got the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, <laughs> OK, so <laughs> this is hilarious. First of all, as you know, and I think you know this. They oversample Democrats in those polls. Those polls are not even likely voters. They're registered voters, sometimes just persons. And they're crap. Okay, we already know that. I mean, Trump was trailing Biden by uh, whatever it was, 19, 20 some points on Election Day. And he lost Wisconsin by half of one percent. So, you know, they're crap. Uh, what was the second thing after after the, the the polls that are so good for him now? What was no, it? the inflation? Reduction. Oh yeah, I, I, tell me, Chairman. Tell me other than the name. 
Tell me what is in that. Now, I think you'll agree with this. The Wharton School Business School of the University of Pennsylvania has already scored it. CBO has scored it. It does not reduce inflation at all. It's a it's in disguise, a goofy ass climate change bill uh, for the most part. Nothing at all to do with inflation reduction. Now, only you Democrats can get away with passing something with only Democrat votes, and then you make it that it's a great achievement. Uh, I think it is when you're capping prescription drug prices to two grand a year, when you're saving the average uh, family in America 500 bucks a year on their home energy costs. And I would respectfully disagree with you and Warren. It is paid for and it is reducing the deficit because you're, you're having corporations like Amazon and Nike and these other companies, which pay nothing in federal income tax, finally having a 15% minimum uh, uh, tax rate. And, and look, I remember, I'm old enough to remember that when uh, Republicans are for tax fairness and simplifying the tax code, and I'm agreeing with that. I, I think that's the right thing to do. We're going in that direction. And it's just funny now, this hyper-partisanship where we're doing that, and, uh, you know, Republicans are fighting us on. But I the mean, only we'll- problem is the Democrats say these words that always sound so great. They name things. It's, it's, it's like Saul Alinsky. It's the opposite game of of some kind of dystopian craziness that goes on where they say that everything is the opposite of what it is. Is any American listening right now going to actually have less energy costs in the two years of Joe Biden? Let's be honest about that, Michael. You know the answer to that. No. When he got in, we had no inflation. We were energy independent. We were a net oil exporter. Gas was about $2 a gallon. And look what's happened. Well, I, I would say, Harry, my friend, you give Democrats a lot more credit because one thing that my party is not good at is messaging. So usually we screw the messaging up. But uh, look, I, I would say with the inflation part of it, I think inflation was inevitable regardless who won the 2020 election. You know, you pumped in, let's be honest, trillions of dollars in the economy. You had this hyper spending during the pandemic. It was inevitable that inflation was going to rise. We have an obligation to, to correct it. And it's while well, gas is coming down, the food, the cost of food is is exorbitant and certainly something we need to tackle. But, you know, I, look, if Trump had won 2020, I, you couldn't blame him for inflation either. I mean, you had to do some stimulus during the pandemic to get the economy uh, moving again. Let, and, let me get let me jump in because we're hitting 17 minutes past the hour. Let's get to the break. When we come back, you can finish that thought. I want to cover basically it's a follow up to it. And then I want to go local because there's a lot of good local stuff that we can talk about, too, Chairman. Uh, but in terms of uh, the Biden record, it seems so apparent that it's his policies uh, shutting down pipelines, uh, making it very difficult to do what we were readily doing here. Uh, and that is producing enough energy that not only did we have enough for our own consumption, we had enough to actually export. And now that's not the case. You've got Biden begging Saudi Arabia, who he was trashing five minutes before. Then he's begging them uh, to turn up the, you know, to open up the spigot more. Uh, I say it's the Biden policies that have been incredibly injurious. Now, I, I will give you part of the um, the pandemic and those trillions of dollars, uh, that's absolutely a fair comment that you made. But Biden has added so many trillions more to it that would not have occurred if he did not win. And that's where I think uh, this incredible inflation is um, 
is 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 really hitting the American people so hard. And and another thing, I'll let you think about it during the break. Then we'll go local. Why aren't the Democrats campaigning on this fabulous record that you're talking about? They have they, they they're they're campaigning on Trump, 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 Mar-a-Lago raid, uh, abortion. They're not campaigning on anything that they've done over the past two years. I know the answer why. I want to hear your answer when we come back. Atlanta County Democratic Party Chairman Michael Suleiman and yours truly early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station all because of you. And we know it and we thank you. Here's my friend Sean Hannity. Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Jamie Dimon is now warning Democrats' war on fossil fuels will be the road to hell for America. Congresswoman Tlaib, other Democrats in the committee appear to have been irritated with Mr. Dimon for telling uncomfortable truths. That would be the road to hell for America in terms of a policy of his bank not to fund new oil and gas products. Look at what's happening to Europe. They gave in to their climate alarmist cultists, and now Germany, Italy, other countries will pay 174% more for heating their homes this winter. Predictions people will die because of freezing to death, literally, because there won't be enough heat. The Sean Hannity Show, from coast to coast, later today. You know, there's something about fall that makes me want my house to feel more like a home, right? Now, that's why my fall project is new custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Now, a fall home refresh doesn't need to be a hassle. Ordering online should not mean sacrificing style or service. And our friends at Blinds.com, they have a premium selection of blinds and shades and shutters and drapes. Shipping is always free. Go to Blinds.com right now. Save up to 40% off site wide. Blinds.com. Save up to 40% off site wide. Rules and restrictions may apply. 34 of their shipmates were killed, and they were ordered to remain silent. Justiceforliberty.org. I was down on the floor, said a few prayers, and then all of a sudden, everything exploded. The space was entirely black. I was hanging on to a pipe in the overhead, and we had about 18 inches breathing space left. Every time the tide would come in, we would hold our nose and wait for the tide to go back out so we could take another breath of air. Everybody else in that space was killed. It was no accident. Justiceforliberty.org. Paid for by If Americans Knew. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back 24 minutes past the hour. Atlanta County Democratic Committee Chairman Michael Suleiman on the Hurley in the Morning program. Chairman, time is yours. You were saying about President Biden. I would say two things. One, I would disagree with your, at least we in Atlanta County, Southern New Jersey, are campaigning on some of these accomplishments, whether it's the Inflation Reduction Act, whether it's the American Rescue Plan, whether it's the choice issue and personal freedom, which we're passionate about whether it's the anchor tax credit program that Governor Murphy's doing, saving everybody 1500 bucks on your tax bill. So that's the first part. The second part, I would say, is this is one of those things where uh, sometimes the absurdity of politics on both sides. Uh, you know, when gas is coming down, one party says, well, that's everything to do with the press. And the other side says it doesn't. When gas is going up, well... Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, we're doing a good job not interrupting each other, but... When it was going up, President Biden said that he had nothing to do with that. 
Then when it was coming down, he said it's his policies that are doing it. You're, you're saying the opposite of the truth here. Now, as, as we know, he, he has been, I think, very ill-advised uh, raiding the strategic petroleum reserves. This is a big part of why it's come down about 50 cents. But when gas goes from $2 and something up to $5 and beyond, depending on what state folks are listening, uh, if he comes down 50 or 60 cents, don't you think it's rather ridiculous to be bragging that our policies are working, that the prices are coming down? Isn't that kind of uh, just ridiculous? Well, the flip side is it's not right of Trump to take credit for very low gas prices. My, my point is, I candidly, both sides can be hypocrites on these issues. Well, that's the and- point. You say that Trump shouldn't take credit when they were low. Biden, you know this is true. Biden has been, and so has Corinne Jean-Pierre, they're taking credit for the prices coming down. But they said it wasn't their fault when it was going up. It was Putin, remember? It was Putin. I guess, I guess my point is, frankly, presidents of both political parties either overinflate their influence or try not to take blame for things which, let's be honest, on both, both extremes are incorrect. The truth is the president has some some bit to do with gas, not as much as people think. Same thing with unemployment. My point is we've got to get back to a sort of politics era where, frankly, we can be real with the American people and recognize that nothing's black or white. And both parties are at fault with that. I think we can agree on that. Both parties take credit or pass blame. And, you know, sometimes you've got to shoot straight with people. And uh, that's, what we have to, that's what both parties, I think, have an obligation to the electorate to do. Do you think that Biden, though, was responsible for some of the increase because of his policies? Because there, there was a reason why we were energy independent and a net oil exporter. This administration has made it very tough for people in that industry to even want to think about increasing refinery capacity because they drop the hammer all the time with all kinds of onerous pressure and regulations and things like that. Uh, I think there is blame uh, for when they went up. Uh, and I don't think somebody should take credit for giving back a little bit of an enormous $2 or whatever it is increase. If you get 50 cents of the $2 back, that, that's not really a, a record of success. But let, let's move on from there because I want to share something rather pleasant because uh, that's very unpleasant because there's just been a lot of lying about all kinds of stuff that um, confuses the American people where they don't know uh, where they can go to get the truth or what is the truth anymore because of these crazy things that get said and done. But this is this is very unambiguous. My friend, the distinguished Atlanta County prosecutor, Will Reynolds, has asked me to share with you, quote unquote, please share my gratitude to Chairman Suleiman for his support in my journey to become the prosecutor. Really appreciated the bipartisan support for what was best for the citizens of Atlantic County. Now, that's a very nice comment. Well, I appreciate that from the prosecutor. And, you know, uh, I know I saw on Facebook he's already made some promotions and kind of got his uh, leadership team in place in the prosecutor's office. And, you know, I think uh, both parties are rooting for his success to have a cleaner and safer Atlantic County. And if he does well, the county does well. So I, I appreciate Mr. Reynolds' comments and wish him the best of luck. What do you think it was that on this, I want to say, almost rare occasion, Senator Palestina, Democratic Party Chairman Suleiman, uh, Harry Hurley, radio talk show host. I mean, we could throw a lot of, you know, uh, 
ingredients into this into this uh, uh, Will Reynolds stew. But there's something about this that everybody got together and wanted this to happen. And everybody doesn't get together on very many other things, it seems. Well, I'm a big believer in politics. That reputation is the most important thing. And I think I've kind of built up a very good reputation. And, you know, in the legal uh, world, the uh, Will's built up a great reputation. And, you know, look, I'm, uh, I got an MPA. What do I know about the law? But I talk to, you know, a lot of people, a lot of judges, retired and current judges and uh, attorneys and say on the key to, hey, what do you think of Reynolds? And uh, universally it was, hey, he's a great choice for prosecutor. He'd do a good job. And, you know, that means something. And I know he went through a vigorous vetting um, by the governor's office, by the state senate. So he passed a lot of muster to get where he is. And, you know, I'm uh, caught, I'm very confident he's going to do a, a great job. And, look, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, and this may be unpopular, Harry, but, you know, I thought his predecessor did a great job. I, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm biased. Damon Tyner's a good friend of mine. And, you know, I know there's some shenanigans at the end, but uh, you know, Damon did a great job as prosecutor. I think Will's going to do equally as good of a job, if not better, uh, uh, in his role now. And one quick comment before the break, and then we'll come right back. And we're going to have a lot of fun when we come back, Jeremy. Get ready. Buckle your seatbelt because we're going Dateline Atlantic City on the other side of the break. And, uh, oh, I've got some things I want to talk to you about. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't miss it. Don't don't go away. I promise you. Uh, it will be interesting, if nothing else. Uh, one quick comment. The thing I'm really impressed about Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds, I love his doctrine. Of, it's basically a doctrine of simplicity. He's going after the really bad guys. He wants to get the drugs off the street. He wants to get the pedophiles where they belong. And, oh, by the way, also, they're out on the boardwalk or wherever they are because they're all over the county uh, passing out blessed bags that had food and water and hand sanitizer and other essentials uh, to folks that um, are down at the present time, down but not out, uh, showing great compassion. So it isn't just about knocking heads and locking people up and all of that. There's also a, um, a, a truly altruistic agenda to show compassion to parts of society that sometimes wind up getting locked up when they didn't even do anything. If you have the wrong philosophy of uh, governance or law enforcement uh, in effect, but here, and we've written about it at length uh, pictures and written about it, uh, how they were passing out these bags and, and actually having conversations. And, and if someone was not, either able to stand or they were down laying down they got down low and and met with people at their eye level uh it was very decent and very compassionate uh, i'm as impressed with that as about all the other things that sound more traditional we'll be back with atlanta county democratic committee chairman michael suleman on the hurley in the morning program this is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 32 minutes past the hour. Some of these things we're going to talk to the chairman right after the uh, the break. But I give everybody, because there's some confusion there shouldn't be because it's very simple, it's very basic. But I give you what the change of government in Atlantic City will look like if the ballot question passes. We also wrote about a prince of a guy, Dave Schaller, and his promotion with the owner of the 76ers. And openly, Atlantic City Council members are supporting Ernest Corsi's Republican opponent. That's going to be interesting next. 
a high surf advisory posted for the Jersey Shore today due to big swell from Hurricane Fiona. Five to eight foot ocean waves, a high risk of rip currents. Beach erosion is possible, although no widespread coastal flooding. Meanwhile, it's cool out there. 50s this morning, 65 is all you get this afternoon. Mostly sunny with a brisk wind. Mainly clear, calmer and chilly tonight, low of 47. Nice fall day tomorrow, partly sunny and 72. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Do you have questions about Medicare? Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. We are back 39 minutes past the hour. Back to the chairman in just a moment. This is Harry Hurley for Batteries Plus Bulbs. They have stores right here in Northfield next to Broadcast Center, directly next to the radio station at 900 Tilton Road and also on Route 73 in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Roy, Scott, and their team are extraordinarily service-minded. They have creative solutions to fix your cell phones, tablets, batteries for your various power tools, cars, boats, motorcycles, golf carts, and other devices. They also have what you need to get ready for the storm season, including generators, and so much more. Shop local. Shop batteries plus bulbs and tell Roy and Scott that I sent you also make sure you do that because when I was in there last week and I got a new battery for my iPhone 11 and it's now just like brand new again uh, holding a charge beautifully and uh, it actually kept me from having to get a new phone the phone was perfect I still have more than half of the storage on it and uh, have the cloud on top of that and just needed a battery and they did it while I waited. I didn't have to make an appointment. And I saw a guest listener from AppSeekin who was getting a battery uh, for a family member for their phone. And they mentioned early in the morning. And they got a very nice uh, reward for that. So uh, make sure you mention. If I've inspired you to stop in, make sure you mention that. Chairman, here we go. Dateline Atlantic City. I'm sure you've been waiting for this. Um, so many topics. So many topics. Let's start with the ballot question because that's very fresh on my mind because at about 4.30 this morning, I published about a 600-word, maybe 700-word piece on exactly what would take place. Now, I would have to imagine you are not in favor of this ballot question, are you? Not at all. Yeah. And I mean, I don't blame you because if it passes and I think it's got a reasonable chance to pass for two reasons. One, because Marty Small is a disaster and they look at it as an opportunity just to take action uh, at an earlier date uh, and don't underestimate uh, the dislike for him right now. He's been I'd be shocked if you tell me you think he's doing a great job, but you'll have the floor in just a second. and, and really, it just is back to the future. It was the exact form of government that Jim Whalen wanted. Uh, he wanted May elections. He did not want to run as a Democrat. He didn't want to run in the June primary or in a November general election. So it really is only going back uh, to the future. But I understand it's been a big bonus having a bigger turnout in the November general election for um, all the other countywide races uh, and district races that would include uh, Atlantic City. So it's a big loss if that happens. What are your thoughts about the ballot question? Well, look, it, 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 
number one, forget the politics for a second. It would be a con- considerable waste of money to spend upwards of fifty thousand dollars plus on May elections when you've got perfectly fine elections in June and November, number one. Number two, it's all about voter suppression when you're going to have elections that are at 5 or 10% turnout versus 30, 40, 50% turnout. Number three, look, this is politics at its worst. Don Guardian signed this thing. Callaway's organizing it. He's a circular of a petition. We have the petition. Purdy and Palestine are meeting with people trying to get them on board with it despite uh, public pronouncements to the contrary. Look, this is the Republicans are worried about next year because Palestine is up. And I don't like Vince, but look, politics is politics. And they want to hurt Democrats and in an attempt to preserve their uh, legislative uh, victory last year, which, uh, hey, God bless, they got lucky one year in a wave election and they won. But, you know, I, I just find this concentrated effort of here we go again. Let's be honest. Let's just call a spade a spade. Two white folks. Apple and white folks, and I cover towns from Galloway, telling a minority-majority city how to run their government. I, well, I, okay, now now I'm going to jump in because that's a real cheap shot, and that's really unfair, and it also happens to be uh, completely untrue. The committee of petitioners are Andra Williams, Matthew Diolio Husino, Kareem Allah, Ovetta Thompson, and Jennifer Speed. They are the committee of petitioners. You only threw out the name Craig Calloway because you want to make him some kind of boogeyman. And then the big, big, big bad white men from offshore. That, that's really, that's, that's a cheap shot, Michael. It's a cheap shot. Why, why, don't the, why don't the actual committee of petitioners that put their name on this thing, and you know this, you probably have a copy of the petition, and I'll, I'll text you one if you want it. I have it right here. Uh, those are the actual petitioners. Why Why are you putting other people's names out there? Uh, because I know who's who are the real puppet masters, and I think those are just names on a committee, and they're not the ones driving the ship. I mean, you and I are both smart guys. We know who's driving the ship. It's Callaway and the county Republicans. Well, and to think otherwise is foolish. I've talked to Andra Williams a whole lot. She's been extremely active. Uh, that that whole committee wore out a whole lot of shoe leather. Uh, they did. They did a lot of work on this, but all that's a distraction. Are you concerned that it's actually? Are you most concerned that it's actually going to pass? Because I think it's got a reasonable chance to be successful. I think it's going to. It's got a good shot of passing. Well, my concern is, frankly, that there is a lot of confusion because you know it's every everything I hear is, well, we just did this two years ago. Why are we doing it again? So really, kind of educating the electorate about the pros and cons, and hopefully them, more cons than pros, frankly, and making them an informed decision. Again, I, I, I always thought Republicans were for lower taxes and small government. Here we are spending money on an election, which could raise taxes. So I don't, you know, why are we going to waste taxpayer dollars on special Well, listen, I don't think, I don't think it's that at all, Chairman. I, I think this is um, a, a very different uh, approach. There's not, there's a great dissatisfaction with the job that Marty Small has done as mayor of Atlantic City. He's been just, it's abject failure on a daily basis. Great day. Can you, can you, by the way, Chairman, can you say great day? It's a great day in Atlantic City. I mean, people are getting shot every day. Uh, It's an absolute disaster. Uh, Go look at the recreation fields. They're graffiti uh, all over the place, trash all over the place. This would only affect mayor and council races. and they believe, the committee believes, that it would take a lot of politics out of the equation, that everybody would run in May 
people would not be running as Republicans or Democrats. After all, and I know you were very close with him and liked him a whole lot, this is the form of government that Jim Whalen liked the most because he created it. That's the mayor council. They didn't want the commission form. They wanted this this mini presidential and Congress format. But oh, no, no, not in not in the primary sense, not in the partisan sense. They wanted it in May. So it's only going back to where it was. When we come back, we're going to continue Dateline Atlantic City. And I have another item that I know you can't wait uh, to talk about. And that's next with Atlanta County Democratic Party Chairman Michael Suleiman. I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio. 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you, our valued guest listeners, and we know it. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more, powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. We're investing. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's Talk Station. Thank you. We're back nine minutes before the top of the hour. Let's make it count. We are with Atlanta County. Democratic Committee Chairman Michael Suleiman on the Hurley in the Morning program. Tell a friend. Now, Dateline Atlantic City, this is interesting because Corsi is a city employee, a, a very bad one in my estimation, horrible. Uh, and oh. he's also the county um, commissioner. And three members of city council, fellow city of Atlantic City employees, uh, in an exclusive that we broke yesterday morning, I'm sure you heard about it, uh, we broke it uh, first digitally and then here on air, uh, are supporting the Republican Vern Macon uh, for the newly reconstituted, if you will, uh, redistrict uh, first uh, district of the um, Atlanta County Board of Commissioners. Uh, now, one of them, Jesse Kurtz, is a Republican. So that's, you know, I, I want to be right up front with that. But two of them are Democrats. Uh, and I think there are others that feel the same way. They just might not want the aggravation that comes from the uh, the small political gang, small Corsi political gang. So they'll just keep it to themselves. But what do you have to say about that? That's I think that's quite a rebuke of Corsi. Oh, God, I love you, Harry. Uh, no. Thank you. <laughs> number one. I know you mean that affectionately. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I I do. Even, you're, you're like the uh, the member of the family we all love. We also want to strangle, right? Uh, I, I say that in jest. Um, number one, I just love these gosh darn Republicans. You know, decades they love Corsi, bipartisan manner, votes for Levinson's budgets, blah blah blah. He he he. God forbid he becomes independent for you know and supports a Democratic redistricting map. Which, by the way. The entire Republican establishment in Atlanta County was against. But by the way, you're going Republican, but I just mentioned two Democrats that publicly are supporting Vern Macon, they, uh, Vern Macon, the Republican. You, the, you went, you went Republican. This is two Democrats on city council. I, uh, well, you, you mentioned Corsi about the, the Republican earlier. No, I'm I didn't saying. mention Corsi about Republican at all. I just said Corsi's terrible and, and he's a, he's a terrible public employee. I can't believe this guy has two public jobs. It's it's disgraceful. I didn't say anything about Republicans. You did. Well, 
I think Corsi does a great job, and it's funny now. They're what, what job does he do? Tell me what great job he does. Name one thing. Well, <laughs> look at... Well, despite what you say, we do have clean and safe. Crime is going down. We're down with murders this year versus a couple of years ago. So we've got new development coming on. You look at the Orange Loop. You look at all the investments that uh, I think Caesars is making now. Yeah, but here's the problem. And you said clean. And th- come on, if th- if this if there was a way to like spontaneously combust if you said something that's not true, that would be the one. The city is filthy, and and the mayor has no attention to detail when it comes to the things that Don Guardian was very, very good at, because Don Guardian was out there. I would talk to him in the in the early 6 o'clock hour of this show, and he was out there with Public Works, making sure that the, the city was clean. Come on, stop it. It's not clean. It's filthy. I just Go look at the pictures of the story that I just wrote two days ago. It's filthy, and you know it. Let me let me ask you one more thing, because we could talk about that all day and we would just go in circles. You know, I, I know what I know. And, and you're saying what, what you what you believe to be true. I think more people know what I'm saying is true on this. But there was a there was a Corsi fundraiser yesterday that the governor attended, who, who I always say is my friend, Governor Murphy. And that gets a lot of people uh, crazy when I say that. But he is. Um, which proves we can disagree in terms of philosophy of governance, but we, we can like people and be friends. And we're not fake friends. We're actual good friends. Uh, and I'm happy about that. But uh, you didn't invite Council President Tibbet, I've been told, Morshed, Zia, and Weeks, not invited to the Corsi fundraiser with the governor. Why was that? So we had a very successful fundraiser, or I should say, Commissioner Corsi had a very successful fundraiser last night with Governor Murphy, raised a whole lot of money. Uh, good day for Lance with that, East Coast Gaming Congress. Uh, I don't know who was or wasn't invited. I was not uh, in charge of running it. I frankly showed up and gave some introductory remarks, and that was the end of it, and, and, and gave a small donation. So uh, I don't know who, who was or wasn't invited. We had a very big cross-section of folks there. Uh, diverse group and uh, but here's the thing of course he wants to know why he's extremely unpopular uh the council president i haven't spoken to him yet on this point but i've confirmed it through multiple other members of council who also weren't invited and this could go a long way to prove why Corsi is as unpopular as he is uh now i do know that uh the council president tibbet did stop by the Vern Macon fundraiser, and that has certain people going bananas. But he wasn't invited to Corsi's, but they're very upset that he was at Vern Macon's, and if several other council members were there. I think there's a reasonable chance that Corsi's going down in this election. What do you say? So, Harry, Harry, why didn't the Republicans support our map? If they think, why didn't they? It's hypocrisy. So they hate the map. Now they love it. Like, why didn't they support our map? If they thought they could take Corsi out and support the map in March, why didn't they? Well, maybe that. Maybe there were other things they didn't like. I mean, you're you're honing in on one thing that uh, would be the end all be all. Uh, I'm absolutely convinced, and I've spoken to many Republicans from the beginning, they love the way the first district was reconstituted. As you know, it was 100 percent. There was no chance a Republican could win. Even Corsi, as unpopular as he is, he he would win by acclamation almost. Now, this is going to be very competitive. Uh, I don't count Corsi out, but I absolutely count Vern Macon in. 
She's a phenomenal candidate, and she has crossover appeal. She is extremely popular with the Republican Party, and there are a lot of unhappy Democrats that are going to be voting for Vern Macon. Corsi is in, I think, one of the toughest battles he's ever had. Harry, Vern Macon did not support the map. She's on record being against it. So why is she now coming to the residence of Vendor Market and Longford say, hey, I don't want to be with you, but now that I'm with you, I want to represent you. Come on. Well, man. no, you can say that, and that's politics. But guess what? She's the nominee, and they're voting for her. That's almost like, ha, ha, ha. How do you, that's almost like what you Democrats try to pull off. It's, it's like the Inflation Reduction Act. Ha, ha, ha. We can't call it a climate change bill. You know, the leaves are brown. It's it's the end of September. The leaves are brown. It's climate change. Uh, so even if that's true, it doesn't matter because you don't think Corsi is going to win in the cities that you just recited, do you? I think Corsi is going to do a lot better than people think he is uh, <laughs> based on the electoral. Hey, listen, Harry, if he does well, are you going to have me on in November? Of course. Can I hold you to that? You, well, you're always invited. You know that. that, that okay, you don't even right. need Corsi to lose or win for that. You're always invited. You're here okay. today. All right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm just saying I, I, I want to have a show with you in November where we actually dive in the numbers. Like, it, actually, well, I always enjoy doing that. Is Corsi in jeopardy in your opinion? So, as I said in the redistricting, he's not going to win by 30 points anymore. I think he's still going to win by a pretty healthy margin. And, look, the Republicans are doing a good job here. They're forcing us to spend money on Ernie's race. I'm happy to do it. Ernie's been a, has become really, over the past year, really. By the way, you know, they, they believe we're making is going to win. This is not just to make you spend and, you know, and, and they think she's going to lose. They think she's going to win. And Republicans also think the 2020 election was stolen. So I can't take... Well, Hillary Clinton uh, and Stacey Abrams think that the uh, elections were stolen, too. She also doesn't believe that a baby has a heartbeat. That's a sicko right there. Michael, we're out of time. It was a blast. A Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground... To the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. We are back. Six minutes past the hour. Oh, my gosh. I have so much feedback from the last hour And I'll do my best to get back to everybody that has written me uh, with your thoughts about what just went on. Senator Michael Testa is here. This is our regular monthly visit, and I look forward to it each and every month. Senator, welcome to the program. Good morning, Harry. Uh, The perpetual mayor of the morning, you never need to run for re-election, so you never have to worry about redistricting or any of the topics that you discussed in the past hour. Thank you. Appreciate that uh, recognition and acknowledgement. It it happens to be true. And as you know, I support term limits for all offices except my own. And and so far, nobody has called me a hypocrite yet. The day is is still early. Uh, Senator, I want to bring up Stacey Abrams. She said something yesterday. I find this new brand of, I don't even know what to call them, fire brand of socialist Democrat to just be as bizarre as anything you'll ever, ever come across. She has been saying she never said that she didn't that 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 Kemp didn't win. Now, of course, she said it thousands of times that that he was illegitimate and that she thinks she won. And I mean, they just lie. That's why I call them liars 
who lie about lying. But get get ready for this. She said yesterday that there's no such thing as a six-week fetal heartbeat. And she went way over the top in saying how it's made up and very uh, divisive in who she says makes that up. Now, if you go to any – so in other words, she's a science denier because I'll read you the scientific language. The human embryonic heart begins beating approximately 21 days after fertilization or five weeks after the last normal menstrual period. And they call that LMP. Okay, so and that's the date that's usually used to say, you know, when the pregnancy began. So, you know how to treat and when the estimated uh, delivery date would be and, and all these things that that I think most people know about, except for Stacey Abrams. She says there's no such thing as a six week fetal heartbeat. Now, six weeks. Think about that in terms of days when it's not six weeks, it's it's not even three weeks and there's there's a heartbeat there there's science deniers and on this case when you're talking about such you know important things as like the sanctity of life it's it's disgusting and it's disgraceful but this is who they are this is absolutely who they are and and let's catalog some of the things that she and her party has said about this issue remember it's not just women who menstruate anymore it's people who menstruate. So apparently to them, it's not scientific enough that only women can menstruate now because of all of, you know, the alphabet soup of their ideology. We have to accept that it's people who menstruate. We have a Supreme Court justice now who can't define what a woman is, Harry. Right. And yet now we're supposed to be the party of science deniers in the Republican Party, and they're denying the actual science. It's sick. And this is also the party, remember, that wants to have abortions up to minutes before delivery. And as you know, even some with uh, like Barack Obama, the born alive, they wanted to be able to kill babies after they were born. How about that? That's infanticide. That's murder. It's disgusting. It's evil. And they want to put the stamp of approval on it. And to my knowledge, and you and I have joked about this. Has Ms. Abrams ever conceded that election no, yet, or no. does she still believe that, that she's the, the governor? Yes, that's the whole point. That's why she's been hit with that during this campaign, and she has no answer for it because, obviously, because of the 2020 election, and you cannot ever say that Joe Biden didn't win, that's no longer – it was very easy for Hillary and Stacey Abrams and all the Democrats – any election they didn't win, they said they got cheated, they really won, uh, I don't concede, all these things. Now you can't do that because it's no – you know how they work. They just change – like it's like hockey lines. They just change the line. There's – oh, what happened? The whole Gretzky's in now. You know, the whole new hockey line comes in. So she can't say what she said for all these years because obviously that makes her an election denier. So she, I'll tell you what, she's a mess in this race and she's losing big, which makes me very happy because the media was trying to make her the next president of the United States. I don't know why, but they were. And she's going to get knocked down again. Kemp's going to take her uh, down very easily this time, I think. Uh, from your lips to God's ears. And what's amazing, Harry, is 
remember how many states that Hillary Clinton said were illegitimate in 2016. Absolute election denial yes. in state after state yes. after state. Yeah. And it's truly, and this is something, look, you had a very nice conversation with Chairman Suleiman, but this is truly one of the mantras of the Democratic Party of the modern era, and that is rules for thee and not for me. So, you know, it's, you know, they only call icing on the Republicans to use your hockey analogy. Yeah, it's true. I mean, just look at it. Uh, they all to this day uh, deny that Trump won. He's you're allowed. This is the incredible thing about them. You were allowed to I mean, with impunity, you were allowed to say that Trump is not a legitimate president, that he did not legitimately win the election of 2016. However, you cannot say they want to make it. A, this is how it's getting really over the top, uh, Senator. And that is they want to make it criminal. They tried. They really wanted to make it criminal. If you say you don't think that Joe Biden legitimately won, how do they get their cake and eat it too like that all the time? It's it's well, they have the media as a member of their party. Right. I mean, and, and you know, President Trump was on Hannity yesterday and you know, he talked about fake news. It's very sad. It's not only fake news, it's completely hypocritical news. And you, and you just talked to, you touched upon something, Harry, about how the Democrat party wants to make it a crime if you aren't believing in the results of the election. Remember, this is the same party that wants to prosecute individuals if we're using improper pronouns. Yes. At this point. It's true. I mean, you know, this, hey, by the way, they want to, they want to prosecute you if you don't agree with their version of climate change. Uh, absolutely. They're insane. I mean, and, you know, and they roll. Uh, exactly. And this is pure insanity. We need to bring sanity back. Look, I do think we need to have discussions more often, just like you had with Chairman Solomon. But yes. we have to be intellectually honest during them yes. as well. Yeah. You know, look, you know, I mean, right. And he's a friend. But when you say when the chairman says the Atlantic City, the streets are clean. I mean, come on. No, nobody's saying the streets are clean in Atlantic City, Senator. Nobody. You, you, well, not not if they're actually on the ground there. I mean, look, and I have been there and I, you know this. I, I'm I love to eat in South Jersey. And there's so many great restaurants in the city of Atlantic City that I frequent. Um, you know, when I go see my good friend, Monty Dom from the Tun Tavern, that's what we do. I'm going to probably have lunch with him today because I'm go going to be down in Atlantic City. Look, the streets aren't that clean. And I, and I want to be clear about something with Chairman Suleiman. You know, he and I have jousted both on the radio and in, and in media. We happen to run into each other at, at the Starbucks in Trenton one day when I had a lot of time between committee and voting. And we had a nice conversation, a very cordial, collegial conversation, the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, it, it, you know, it's very nice to see that you had him on. Look, we're going to be enemies in the political world especially during an election cycle but post-election we all have to work together because you know senator palestina and the assembly assemblyman guardian assemblywoman swift and myself and assemblyman simonson and assemblyman mcclellan we represent everyone in our districts whether they voted for us or not i mean that's something that we all have to be very mindful of here's another lesson too that i wish everybody would take a page from now it was senator palestina's leadership but in fairness, he didn't have a Atlanta County Democratic Party chairman uh, hoofing him with Governor Murphy. Uh, chairman Suleiman worked cooperatively well, 
And that obviously makes it possible and, and, and at the very minimum easier to get things done because if you're the governor and you're the appointing authority, uh, you say, all right, well, the senator wants this and the Democratic chairman wants it. You know, all right, wheels it is. We will Will Reynolds. Uh, and as you know, there was somebody else that was all they were measuring the um, the drapery and the, the, the new carpets. I mean, it was done. So we ought to have more of that. Sure, where we can. And this is what I was going to say, but we can't entertain insanity, though. Right. No. I mean, you know, that, that's the that's the other thing when you have. When you have Stacey Abrams speaking about scientific facts and altering this, how can we sit down and have an intellectually honest conversation with someone like that who has denied the very election which she lost? And and lied and said in this cycle that she never said it. How about that? You know, it's been recorded how many times? I mean, and that's that's what's so amazing. I mean, you know, it used to be. You know, and look, I'm a criminal defense attorney, just like John Zarek is. You know, we, we look at video. If it's on video, you're done, right? I mean, you know, you don't, you don't want that damning video playing in front of the ladies and gentlemen of a jury of your peers. Apparently, Ms. Abrams doesn't care whether those videos are played in front of, you know, the public jury of public opinion. No, no, she, we have to go to the break. But no, she'll tell you not to believe your lying eyes. Uh, believe what I'm saying now. And she banks on the fact that the Democrat media will provide cover for her but they really didn't i give them a little bit of credit on this one because she actually got challenged that well of course you said that you felt that you won i never said that i mean this is how delusional i much more senator i want to ask you and we will ask you to draw from your experience as a criminal defense attorney you've got a north dakota man who allegedly and i'm being kind with that because he's he's already signed a statement and and i've seen the statement uh, through the reporting of Fox News, this uh, Shannon Brandt, that he hit and ran over this 18-year-old young man, Kaler Ellingson, because he thought that, that Kaler Ellingson was, quote, part of a Republican extre- extremist group. I've been butchering that all morning. Part of a Republican extremist group. He killed the kid, allegedly, and he's out on $50,000 bail. And and five network slash cable channels have provided exactly zero seconds, not minutes, zero seconds of coverage about this. I want to ask you to comment on that. Uh, is this usual? Is this normal for someone to be out for $50,000 bail for this kind of allegation? Back with Senator Michael Testa right after this at 19 minutes past the hour. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, it's Tom P. Join me for Rack and Fin Radio tomorrow morning at 5. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we are back. It's 24 minutes past the hour, early in the morning, with New Jersey Senator Michael Testa. Senator, we are back. Um, I th- did I tease something right before the break that I wanted to come back to when we, uh, right before we left? You did, and we were still finishing up the, you know, Stacey Abrams hypocrisy that 
seems to be the never-ending story. And don't believe your lying eyes is what I believe that you Yeah, said. but I think there was something else I wanted to get into next. I'll think of it. Uh, and, and for the record, uh, Senator and I, we were talking about some other things during the break. So I, I got well away from where we were um, right before the break. But yeah, so they, they, they think they get it all. They, they can say you didn't win, but you can't say they didn't win. And they don't just want to say you can't say that. They want to make you some kind of kook, denier, and, and of course, criminally prosecute you. Uh, and I did, I do know what I said right before the break. I said, I'm going to draw upon your experience as a criminal defense attorney on this Shannon Brandt of uh, North Dakota who allegedly struck and killed an 18-year-old. And in the affidavit, with Fox, which Fox News has a copy of, he allegedly says, and I use that word loosely because the report exists and he said it, but I'll say allegedly, says that part of a Republican extremist group is why he killed this kid. Uh, and he's out. $50,000 bail. But we've got January 6th protesters that are in jail for two years. I think their rights are being completely denied. I've always drawn the line between if there are a few that if they had weapons, if they were truly breaking the law and things like that, then then they they should go through the um, the, the proper legal system. But we know there are a lot of people that actually have been harassed that weren't even there. If somebody just anonymously reports you, you could really ruin anybody you want. Just go say that, uh, you know, one of us was there on January 6th and you'll have the FBI harassing you uh, that day. So this is really out of control. But this guy, he's free. He's, you know, what what, what did uh, Bill Ayer say? Uh, guilty as hell, free as a bird uh, after setting off bombs and stuff like that. You know, that he's, of course, became uh, a liberal professor. That's because that's the route, you know, from bomber to that. Uh, but this guy evidently is saying what he did. They let him out on $50,000 bail. Does that sound right to you? And one other thing about this, he's being charged right now by some woke, broke joke, D.A., as though he was not drinking, as though he was just made a mistake like an involuntary manslaughter type thing that could happen to anybody if you didn't see someone and all of a sudden, oh, my God, I can't believe this. What happened? And you hit someone. I mean, tr things can happen like that. And it has happened like that to people that weren't drunk, that didn't see the person, and they wind up going through the, the legal system and many times being charged with involuntary manslaughter. This doesn't sound like that to me, Senator. It doesn't at all. And I can tell you, in drawing upon my experience as a criminal defense attorney for now over two decades, Harry, isn't that amazing? Wow. Um, you, know, you know, I can tell you I had a, a case with Assemblywoman Swift's brother where it, no one really knew who the alleged shooter was. And our clients were in jail on originally one million dollars bail. I think we were able to get it reduced to half a million. And, and this person where there is a mountain of evidence, and look, I want to be very clear as a criminal defense lawyer, our United States Supreme Court declares everyone who is accused as cloaked in the shroud of innocence. That being said, there seems to be a mountain of evidence and an admission of murder here that there was actually some some thoughts that went into it. That this well, it, it's it's very, very accurate what you're saying. According to an affidavit obtained by Fox News, this guy said 
that he thought that this 18-year-old, Kaylor Ellingson, that's E-L-L-I-N-G-S-O-N for those who want to know, uh, was thought to be part of a Republican extremist group. And I mean, so this is this is grounds for mowing somebody down. It's it's quite scary. The bail is exceedingly low. But again, we're we're all well aware of bail reform and its proponents are going to say, you know, cash bail was punitive. It was never meant to be punitive. But fifty thousand dollars for a life. And this person is out parading around while they have an admission of taking the life of a young man who was full of promise. I don't care what he was doing. He didn't deserve to die. You don't get to play judge, jury, and executioner. And you shouldn't get charged like you were guilty of involuntary manslaughter that could happen to anyone on a dark road and you don't see something and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, look what's happened and you're not at all impaired. It just terrible things can happen. I could see that kind of thing. Somebody with no record, uh, th- that there was no motivation, didn't know the victim, all of this. But this rises to me, Senator, and we've got to get the halftime break in and maybe comment on this on the other side of the break. This rises to me as a hate crime. Uh, This kid's um, reason for being dead appears to be that he was a conservative Republican. And that was enough for him to be killed like this. That's not involuntary manslaughter to me. And I have to believe I, I don't have it in my in my hands, but Fox News has the affidavit, which means that the D.A. and all the, the legal controlling authorities set this this absurd bail, knowing that this guy has admitted to this. It's it's mind blowing. And the fact that the Democrat media, all of them, haven't provided one second's coverage the, the, the you talk about people that are kind of plugged in the chairman of the Atlanta County Democratic Party. Michael Suleiman is a smart guy. He's he's intelligent. He's plugged in. He doesn't even know about this case. And I rest my case with that comment. How can't you know? Well, they're not reporting on it. That's why you don't know. Back with Senator Testa right after this on the early in the morning program because of you. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 is South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino and Sportsbook app. BetParks.com. This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. I give you everything you need to know. Some are trying to make it complicated and confusing. I give you everything you need to know about the ballot question in Atlantic City and what the new government, the change in government would be if the question passes. It's not complicated. We write about Dave Schaller, who's been promoted. Uh, He'll still be with the Sixers, but he's been promoted to actually the owner of the Sixers uh, realm. Uh, And that's terrific. And we have a story about Atlantic City. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. The first full day of fall, definitely a cool one for South Jersey. 50s this morning, only 65 this afternoon. Lots of sunshine, but also an annoyingly brisk, chilly wind up to about 25 miles an hour. Tonight will be the coldest of the week, low 47. Calmer winds, mainly clear skies. And tomorrow we'll have a nice fall day to kick off the weekend. Partly sunny, high 72. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Do you have questions about Medicare? For WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We continue with New Jersey Senator Michael Testa. All right, we could keep going, and there's so many things that are going on. Uh, hypocritical and of the Stacey Abrams type of, you know, scenario. Let me ask you your take on something uh, that's obviously very, very critical. I interviewed Congressman Van Drew nationally just two days ago, and we talked about it. I believe this is the most consequential election that we've had. Now, of course, next year is going to be huge because the entire you, the entire legislature is up. But for right now, and especially based on the past two years, of these horrific regressive policies that have been put in place and uh, five million plus illegals that by the end of this year will have made their way in because of the Biden doctrine of uh, the border is open, even though, of course, like everything else we talk about with these people, everything they say, the exact opposite is true. They say the border is closed and that they're doing a good job and they're fixing the problems of, you know, Trump, uh, you know, breaking it. I mean, it's just it's sick. But this election is so critically important. Share your thoughts about it. You know, I truly believe this is probably the most important election of my voting lifetime. Um, you know, I would say 1980 was a huge election because of what President Carter had really done to ruin the country. Very similar to what Joe Biden is doing in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um I have to say, I think this is going to be a very similar election to 1994, which, by the way, was the first election I was eligible to vote in, where, you know, it was famously known for Newt Gingrich making the contract with America. Also, Um, Senator, very famous for the first election of Frank Lobiondo as the second district congressman. That is, in fact, correct. Absolutely. Um, But I, I truly believe that it's And it's going to be that time for a similar set of documents. You know, that was 10 pieces of legislation, as we all know, the contract with America. You know, this this border issue is so huge. And you talked in the last hour, Harry, about, you know, the parties working together. Uh, Chairman Suleiman talked about the parties working together. I can tell you, I just sat on a panel at Seton Hall University a few days ago that was put together by Governor McGreevy uh, for inmate reentry. And we were talking about really the scourge of fentanyl and what's happening in the streets. And it was a great forum. And I I have to say this about Governor McGreevy. He has found his life's calling. Um, You know, he sent me a beautiful text, which I which I don't think he'd mind if I share, you know, because I said to him, you know, you have absolutely found your life's calling. And he said, thank God we believe in a God of second chances. And, you know, amen to that. He is really on the front lines of these issues, both in the addiction realm and in the reentry realm. But we have to be intellectually honest when we have this conversation. 
the reason that fentanyl has been able to grab such a foothold in our country is because we have a very porous and that's being the nicest I could be instead of just saying it's blatantly open. We have a very porous border. And, and look at the sickness and evil that is coming across that border. I'm sure you saw this, Harry, because you're a news maven even more than myself. The, the candy-colored fentanyl coming across the border. I've talked about it. It, it. it absolutely looks like little sweet tarts. I was going to say Skittles, right? So sweet tarts, Skittles. You know, yeah, I'm saying sweet tarts because of the texture. Skittles has a candy shell, so I don't want to get, I don't want to be a wise guy here, but more like uh, sweet tarts because it has the rough, you know, um, outside edge and the Skittles are candy coated. But anyway, you, you, you shake it out. They're making it that way on purpose. Oh, 100%. Remember, you know, and my father was the lead counsel in the state of New Jersey uh, for the tobacco case against the tobacco industry. Remember at that point in time, and I know this will hurt your feelings because of how much you love Disney, but Joe Camel was more recognizable to first graders than Mickey Mouse that year. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And this is exactly what those Mexican cartels are doing with this fentanyl. They're marketing it to children, and that's exactly what, you know, Camel was doing back then was marketing cigarettes to children. They made Joe Camel be this cool cartoon character rather than marketing Camel cigarettes to adults. It's sick. It's evil. So we have to have a real conversation about why a soft border policy is bad for a plethora of reasons. And one of them is fentanyl, which is killing our children, grandchildren, neighbors, friends in record numbers. No doubt. And it's so dangerous that you don't even have to ingest it. It's just being touching it, being around it, inhalation. You know, you've seen this uh, police officers that get overcome. Some have died, actually, just from making a stop. It's so dangerous. And again, we a lot of this we have Joe Biden to thank for because he has allowed that border purposely, southern border, all of them in particular, but uh, to, to be wide open to where drug trafficking, human trafficking, uh, the, the MS-13, all the different people that want to get in, gangs and and uh, terrorists and, 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 of course, a whole lot of good people, too. But how do you know the difference when just everybody's coming through? It's got to be fixed, and they have no intentions of doing it. We're at 45 minutes past the hour. Final break, and then we'll be right back with Senator Testa for the remainder of the hour uninterrupted. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. Oh, after Senator Testa, Don P. Hurley dropping by. I know that Senator is a fan of Don. He might be a bigger fan of Don than he is of me, but I don't I, – I, I, I take that, you know, very, very well. No, no problem with that. Um, we're going to have an official mental health break. Coming up, we need it because all this stuff is it's getting, I think, very stressful for the American people. You know, when you have to make decisions about how much gasoline can you get and can you get enough food and making and I'll pay this now and and I'll, I'll let that slip. And then uh, but I'll try not to go 29 days late because I want to wreck my credit, but I, I can't pay everything right now. There are a lot of people right now really hurting. And I hate to say this, uh, but it's going to get a lot worse I can't, I've been warning people all during this beautiful summer that we had to get ready because layoffs are coming. It's going to be a very, very challenging time. 
These interest rates are making everything more expensive. People that could qualify for a mortgage now can't. Uh, The rates are going to go up a whole lot more. The Fed chairman has promised it. And this is under the heading of elections have consequences. The failed policies of Joe Biden. This is not all of this is not necessary. I know Suleiman said that that it would have happened no, no matter what. No, it would not have happened. We would not have had this level of inflation. We wouldn't have had it, just the Georgia seats alone, if we could have kept them, we wouldn't have had trillions of dollars of this spending. This is a um, tipping point moment in American history with Senator Testa. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 52 minutes past the hour. Senator, we've just been go, 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 go from the second that we signed on. Eight minutes uninterrupted. Let me uh, turn it over to you. Is there any issue? Well, I've got one that I think you'll want to talk about because you're all over this and I'm with you on this. We haven't had one word together about this, but we will now. Uh, I think your recommendation for Governor Murphy to take a a fresh look at the uh, plastic bag ban uh is is very meritorious for those who don't know senator testa is of the belief and i am as well because i'm dealing with these things with margie and i order food you know a lot we we we, you know we eat too and uh they come in these cloth bags these cloth bags are worse than the plastic bags aren't they well they are as they are as well but also those stitched polypropylene bags that are made in China that you're getting at supermarkets. There you go. And, you know, I referred I referred to um, the Wegmans executive who testified before the committee on these bags. They are thicker. They're made in China. Um, my understanding is that you'll have to use one approximately 20,000 times in order to justify the carbon footprint as, as they like to use that language all of the time. Um, and guess what? Even though there's a tag inside of them that says they are recyclable, they aren't, Harry. They, they currently aren't recyclable wow. in the United States of America. Who knows where they're recyclable? Apparently, they're recyclable overseas where they are made. Uh, the single-use plastic bag that you would get at Wawa or at any of the supermarkets, it, they're made here, number one. And number two, they actually have a very, very small carbon footprint. I mean, think of the cost of shipping bags from China by, by ship to the United States of America. And, you know, you saw the Atlantic City Press article provide was able to be fact-checked. There's over 500 million bags have entered into the state of New Jersey. There's only 9 million people in the state of New Jersey, but there's 500 million of these bags. Wow. That's a ton of bags that, that can't currently be recycled. Also, here's here's one. There's a paper bag plant in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Remember, New Jersey's the only state that decided to ban paper bags. Now, when I went to school, grammar school, guess which every book was covered by? Now, wait a second. How did they ban paper bags? When I go to Walgreens, they have the most beautiful paper bags with heavy stitched handles. They're fantastic and reusable. I thought paper was not banned. Paper is banned at supermarkets. They have to, if you have a certain size square foot facility, 
and you are a grocery store or a supermarket, I gotcha. guess what? You can't have paper bags. All right, so Walgreens, probably, even though they kind of are a grocery store because they have everything, uh, they probably don't qualify. Therefore, they can have the paper bags. And they're very nice paper bags. And And correct me if I'm wrong, paper would be a good way to go. Paper is biodegradable, correct? It is biodegradable. And think about this. In Elizabeth, New Jersey, we have a paper bag manufacturer that their paper bags are made out of 100% recycled material. They employ 280 individuals, single mothers, people of color, and they are union benefit jobs, very good jobs. And they may move out of the state of New Jersey because the state of New Jersey has banned the paper bag. This is the insanity that we are dealing with in the state of New Jersey. This needs to be relooked at. And again, I don't represent Elizabeth, New Jersey. I represent the first legislative district. But you know what? Paper bags that are made in the state of New Jersey out of 100% recycled material should be encouraged to be used because they're already made out of recycled material and are absolutely biodegradable. Yeah, I went bananas on this whole thing. I I, I understand that, you know, these T-shirt disposable, one-use, they call them, uh, plastic bags, you know, can get wrapped around turtles and, you know, and became a problem, you know, uh, an eco problem. But I, I just thought we went bananas with this thing way too far. Well, it was... It was too much, too soon, unintended consequences of good-intentioned legislation. Yes. But here, here is the problem. Here is the problem. Why don't we punish the people that are littering? Yeah. You know, why yeah. don't we punish the people that are littering, that are causing... Look, I know, that, you know, Summers Point was all over this issue because apparently in the Bay they were getting a ton of the single-use plastic bags. That's awful. I'm 100% for protecting the environment. I want to be very clear on that, Harry, because you know how my party gets painted. You know, we're not we're not for the environment. I actually am for the environment, yeah. but punish the people who are littering. Yeah, it's, you know? it's a great point. Instead of really punishing everybody who people who never littered, I never littered one T-shirt, one use bag in my life. In fact, I repurposed them. I don't know what you did with them. But I I found ways to use them. Many people did. Uh, we don't have a dog, but many people use them for walking the dog. And, you know, when the dog's taking care of its business and things like that, uh, people use them maybe to bring their lunch in and things like that. Uh, I I never did any of that. But yet everybody got penalized like we're all polluters. It, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And, and I, I was... I made a joke to a fellow Italian-American that said that, you know, our mothers and grandmothers are going to have like a black market uh, on, on, on these on the single use paper bag market because of the closet fulls of them that they have. And, you know, it, it, we all know of you know that one drawer or one cabinet that, you know, your mother or grandmother has with a ton of the single use paper bags. Guess what? That's the absolute best way to use them is repurpose them, you know, to use them down the line. And and also you know, that thin gauge plastic that they are made out of is much more biodegradable than this thick polypropylene bag coming from China that's stitched. I know what you're talking about because we we're part of that 500 million because we must have three dozen of them in our little we have this little recycling area that has storage. We have so many of them and they are so thick. Uh, we're we're out of time, Senator. Uh, as always, it flies by. 
Uh, I know you're a big Don Hurley fan. He joins the program next, Senator. So I know you you won't mind that. Not at all. And if you even want me to call in, I'd be glad to to discuss the, the most recent pizza pizza adventures around New Jersey. And you know, Don P. Hurley is the well, undercarriage well, critic. Well, wait, wait. Then then hold it right there. We're not going to ask you to call in. I'm going to ask you to hold. And we will open. It's a mental health break. That qualifies. We're going to talk about some music and some other fun things. Let's open with pizza, something that the Hurley brothers and I know the Testa family love. We'll be back. Hang in there, Senator. Don't go away. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I was just telling Senator Testa seconds before we came back, I went back to my February 6th, 2022 article. And at that point in time, we were 87 days until single use plastic bags are banned in New Jersey. And we have a whole section of the um, the article that talks about also, as Senator Testa was sharing, uh, how paper bags were banned as well. That I never understood. I, I mean, I I. I I, I think it's a debate, but I think it's defendable and you, you could probably make a great case for the eco damage of these plastic bags not being biodegradable, the uh, and the damage to the wildlife and such birds and, you know, and all that uh, aquatic life. But the paper bags banning them, that just looks like radicalism, not 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 at all um, defendable. And I even gave my – I'm going to have to send this to Senator Testa. I I put my whole list of things that you can do with those T-shirt, one-use disposable plastic bags. I just realized this is a really good piece. Um, But we're not going to talk about that because this is an official mental health break on the Hurley in the Morning program. Now, a guest listener asked me to send it. I sent it to them, and it just rejected. So – Let me know if you get it. And, Senator, I just sent it to you. Check that out. Eight minutes past the hour. Senator Testa has agreed to stay for the first segment. And Don Hurley joins the program as well. And we were ready for Don's arrival. Welcome, Don. Say hello to Senator Michael Testa. You're good listeners, Harry. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Good morning, Don P. Hurley. It's It's great to be on with you for the few minutes to talk about one of our favorite subjects. All right, so I'm going to turn it over to you, and that favorite subject of yours is pizza. Senator Testa, you have the opening comment. You know, Don, I don't know if you've seen our, you know, our friend and the person that took maybe our dream job in David Portnoy, but recently he has visited a number of New Jersey pizzerias, and I would put New Jersey up against any other state pound for pound. We have the the greatest number of phenomenal pizzerias throughout our state compared to any other state and New York and Connecticut and Pennsylvania can be mad at me, but guess what? It's the truth hurts and it is what it is. Um, but I can tell you that I've been to Palermo's pizza, which he recently um, reviewed 
in Bordentown, excellent pizzeria. But I also went to, in the, in the recent past, I went to DeLucha's, which he had scored a 9.4. And I have to tell you, that is worth the trip. And if you, and if you watched the video of that review that David Portnoy did, he said it was worth a three- to four-hour trip each way. And it's about two hours for me, and it was worth it. Wow. That's, I have to say, that's dedication. That, that is loyalty to the cause. El Presidente doesn't hand out 9.4s very often. It, it, to put well, that really into perspective. Getting any eights is, yeah. Go ahead. Put it in perspective, it, it, Senator. To put that in perspective, John's of Bleecker Street, which is legendary. It's legendary. And DeFara in Brooklyn is another legendary pizzeria. Both of them got 9.3s. DeLucha's in Somerset County got a 9.4. I have to tell you, I've had John's of Bleecker Street. I have not had DeFara in Brooklyn. It's on my list. I got to tell you, DeLucha's are in their score, rightfully so. Very impressive. Yeah, we're going to have to do a road trip someday, you guys. We're just going to have to do it. It's, it's, it's imperative. I mean, this, you know, this, again, it was a brick oven from, you know, 1917, I believe. And it was, and the, and the pizza peel, it looks like it's about 15 feet long because of how deep the oven is. Really just incredible. Really incredible. Give us your take on that. How, how much does that matter? Um, an older oven? Is there something, uh, that gives it a different texture, uh, a different quality? What, what can you say relative to that? I think the older brick ovens that are either coal-fired or, you know, wood-fired. This one is interesting. He actually cooks with residual heat. It's, it's actually heated by oil. And, the, you know, it, it's all residual heat. When he's cooking pizzas, the oven is technically off. It's just retaining all of that heat. And it really, I think takes a master to understand the different nooks and crannies of the oven to understand this section is 500 degrees, this section is 450. And I have to tell you, it was absolutely phenomenal pizza. And another place that has that extra long brick oven is uh, Tacanelli's in Philadelphia, a legendary pizza place that, you know, you're only allowed to order so many pizzas because they run out of dough. They only make so much dough, and it is what it is. Um, So I, I think those old brick ovens, make a huge difference especially especially this is a don p hurley plug if you prefer that crisp charred undercarriage and i i'm a fan of that so that's what i look for don and you can't and you can't just get that everywhere because like the senator said the the elements that have to be in play to create that because otherwise you'll just burn the pizza up if you try a traditional pizza oven get that kind of crisp and that kind of finish you're just going to burn it up you know where these coal-fired ovens and the older i I think to get more specific to it they just built things better houses were built better back then everything was built better so it doesn't surprise me that it still produces a a superior product so i think you know the hurley brothers and you know the senator from the first legislative district i would love if the senator from the second legislative district joined us um, I don't know that he's as big a pizza fan as me, but I know he is a pizza fan. You know, we could certainly take a road trip. And 
and the senator's mic has cut out. We're going to take a quick time out. Uh, we'll see if we can grab him back, and then we'll just go around the horn one more time, and then we'll shift gears. Uh, enjoying the conversation immensely. I uh, have to confess, I do love pizza. I remember, I think Don will, will back me up on this. The first time that I ever had this type of pizza that we so regularly see today at so many outlets was JoJo's Pizza in Ventnor. It didn't exist that I was aware of. It's not to say you couldn't get pizza, but uh, the pizza store in in Atlanta County, if you will, down beach, uh, JoJo's was the first. And it was amazing to watch them throw the the pizza pie up in the air and catch it and assemble it right in front of your eyes and the size of the slices bigger than anything we had ever seen before. If I'm not mistaken, it's crazy, but I think you could get a slice then for 25 cents. And no, that was not in the 1800s. Uh, and, and, and the beverage was very, very inexpensive. I think for like 35 cents, you had a huge slice, bigger than you see today even, uh, and, and a beverage for under 50 cents for sure. And I think 35 cents rings a bell. We'll see if we have the senator back. And I know we have Don still. We're approaching 15 minutes past the hour. One more segment with this, and then we'll move on. Mark Levin. If we are relying on the Republican Party infrastructure and bureaucracy to crush the Democrats in November, we're not going to crush the Democrats in November. What made the difference last November in a state like Virginia was not the Republican Party. The Republican Party was irrelevant. Mitch McConnell was irrelevant. They were all irrelevant. It was the grassroots. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With Senator Testa for one more mini segment, Brother Don. And Senator, you were saying something very listenable and it cut out. But I know we've got you back. You never left, but we couldn't hear it. Uh, Closing comment. You know, listen, I just think that, you know, the Hurley brothers, myself, certainly we should invite Senator Palestina from the Senate, from the second district um, to come with us, you know, to road trip it to some of these great, great pizzerias so we can, you know, all score it. Now, granted, we both have phenomenal pizzerias in our districts. I want to be very clear about that. But just to see some of these super high scores that uh, Portnoy has has rated some of these pizzerias, I think we owe it to ourselves to uh, you know attempt to have the very best on those on that scale and attract Portnoy to some of the very best that we have in our district. Yes, maybe even to I know it's an industry convention, but the Northeast Pizza and Pasta Show is coming October 16, October 17 to the Atlantic City Convention Center, where uh, I've, I have watched a lot of his videos on the, and I know he takes one bite, and it's always outside, and he's got the box in his hand, and I got his whole shtick down. I like it. I think he's he's got a cool vibe. I like what he does. Um, El Presidente, Portnoy. Uh, also, by the way, very philanthropic. What a beautiful man in terms of his philanthropy. Uh what is the if you off the top of your head, guys, I know he uh, evaluated um, Tony's Baltimore Grill. I know he uh, reviewed Carluccio's, um, who I think got a bad rap because it's f- phenomenal pizza. But I don't think it did very well with Portnoy. And I think it, it was just 
I, I remember the pizza that he got, and I don't even understand it because I've never seen anything other than high quality come out of that oven. But um, he didn't like it. Uh, and I know he's done a few other locals. What, what is his favorite local that you can remember if it's not putting anybody on the spot? I, I think well, his I favorite local it's, it's, was Mac and Manco's. Oh, my gosh. And I, you know I like Mac yeah, and Manco's, but come on, give me a break. Well, no, he asked the question. Yeah. No, no, not, that wasn't to you. No, 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 no. I just, I'll I, have to disagree with Don P. Hurley on this one. Um, his favorite was Sam's Pizza Palace in Wildwood. Oh, I missed that I one. Like, I, didn't, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Yeah. He, he liked Mac and Manco's. I know that. Yeah, I like it, too. But if we're talking about like like all time favorite in the area, um, you know that's um, that's not that's not where I would go. I, and again, nothing but love. But um, it's very unique. I mean, the, the, to me, the Macamanco is sort of I, I'm not going to say it's an acquired taste, but the whole concept of it is very very different. Everything about it, um, and I like. Mac and Manco's a lot better. I'm I'm not aware of any pizza that's better on the second day than it is on the first day. Uh, but I have learned some things. My daughter's very good at this. I have learned how you can make it return almost as good as it was when it was freshly cooked. We do we do topics sometimes, Senator, food that's better the second day than it was the first day, and it exists, and there's a reason for that. And we go into that, but pizza isn't one of them to me. Uh, what do you say to that topic, Senator? I would agree with you, but that methodology that I, that I believe you're hinting at learning from your daughter as to how to reheat pizza, and it's typically in a skillet with a few drops of water and a lid, if that's the methodology that's that you're talking about. Yes, that's it. Um, work, works exceedingly well. Um, Al Santillo, another place that Portnoy rated through the roof and deser- it is very deserving of the rating will tell you that his pizza which is also made in a 100 plus year old brick oven he, he will tell you that his sicilian pizza ages well for four to five days and will even be better wow at the second third and fourth day he will t- he, that's what he tells you now that, um, that, what do you do to make that re- a reality what's the process because if it's been in the refrigerator for a couple of days what do you do that it's that it's able to come right back like that? He says to heat it in the oven. I know. That's, that's what that's, that's the other method. The thing you don't want to do is don't put it in the microwave. I know they make these things oh, that they say it's shaped like a triangle and you can put it in that device and you put that into the microwave. Anytime you put pizza into the microwave, the crust is destroyed. Everything about it is not good. It's pizza blasphemy is yes. what that is, Harry. Yes. Pizza <laughs> blasphemy. Totally agree. All right, let's go around the horn. Uh, and by the way, I don't want anybody to say I wasn't knocking uh, Macamancos. I mean, I, I can't begin to tell you how many we have purchased. And I even have it down to the fact that they um, they put the cheese on first and the sauce on next. And I don't know anyone else that does that. It's unusual. Don't you agree? Yeah, it is unusual. Uh, it, is, unusual. It, it is a good, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. That's unusual. Mar- Maruka's in Seaside Heights does it very similar. Like, you know, but I will tell you this, Harry, I, I would never knock Manco and Manco. Oh, no. That is, to me, is 
and I can tell you this, and you know, the, the great assemblyman Antoine McClellan is from Ocean City, and he knows I, I truly believe this. It's not the summer or the start of the summer to me until I've had a mango and mango pizza. And no, I, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. I've been able to drive. Yeah, it's great. I like watching them make it too because they got the foot pump thing and they got a hose and they're pouring the sauce on top. I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool setup. And uh, it's a great pizza. The rotating ovens. Yes. Really cool. Yeah. I'm going to say that I don't believe the Mac and Manco, and I'm not used to this Manco and Manco. I know it's been around for years, but I still say Mac and Manco. Uh, I'm not aware of it doing well after the first day. It's great when it's fresh. I've, I've reheated it on a second day. And it isn't the same. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not a knock. It's just what I have experienced. But a good pizza. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it at all. And I, I think we can go all the way around sort of full circle here as we conclude this segment. I know that Senator Testa is arriving at an appointment and uh, we're getting close to the bottom of the hour break, too. Uh, we are blessed. This area, when you count Atlantic Cape May, Cumberland County, just the Tri-County area there. If we try to add up, we have countless pizza shops, don't we? Not only just countless pizza shops, but legendary pizza shops. Yes. What's the oldest pizza shop that you can recall right now? The one with the most years of consecutive service. I would probably have to say Sam's Pizza Palace in Wildwood. And how They've far? They've been around for generations. I mean, generations. Um, I have to say, you know, their story is is on the wall at Sam's Pizza Palace. That's been there a very long time. Um, I would say since the fifties. I was going to say I was going to say more than fifty years, and of course that would be that'd be more like seventy. Uh, Probably no. Harry for our region, Atlanta County would have to be if 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 the Canusio family is still if any of them are still in the business, uh, their hand rolled pizza was the first in this whole Atlanta County region, which probably goes back at least fifty five years. Yeah, easily. What was it was in nineteen sixty nine. We walked. Remember, remember, and you know he's still alive, Harry, Mister Canusio. It's amazing. You're, uh, you're kidding he, me. Yeah, he tapped us on the shoulder and said, you want a free slice of pizza? I'll never forget that because oh, yeah. they hooked us right away. We were hooked with free pizza and from then on. But well, it, we, we had never seen anything like that before. Well, yeah. Well, we all grew up with Tony's Baltimore Grill, and that wasn't necessarily a hand-rolled pizza. But, you know, when you grew up with it, I love Tony's pizza. You know, Portnoy hated it because he's not from here. It was I, maybe Maybe that's the acquired taste you were talking about. But yeah. I love Tony's pizza. Love yeah, it. I do, too. But I could see why he wouldn't, though. You know, it's a frozen shell, right, isn't it? And some other things that he just... I think so. Yeah, he wouldn't accept, you know, with what, you know, he does and all these different pizzas that he has had the opportunity to to review. Senator, closing pizza comment. You know, Don P. Hurley's 100% correct. We are blessed with, I think, some legendary pizzerias in Atlantic, Cape May, Cumberland, Gloucester County. Um, We're we're really blessed here in South Jersey and, you know, everybody wins, but, you know, to your point about port has openly stated what his favorite style of pizza is. It's a, you know, what he calls a bark pie, which is an ultra thin crust. That's very crispy. 
that's, you know, so anything that's not that, he's going to score lower. So there's, look, I've had Tony's Baltimore Grill probably at least 100 times in my life. Um, I think it's a great piece, too. I mean, look, uh, you know, again, I'm not one of those critics. I don't have a specific style that I love. Sometimes it's Sicilian. Sometimes it's a bar style. Sometimes it's Neapolitan. And guess what? Everybody wins every time, in my opinion. So I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I'm not a pizza snob at all, and I love pizza. I mean, this this might offend Senator Testa, but I, I don't I don't um, have anything bad to say about Elio's Pizza or the ShopRite version of Elio's Pizza. Uh, three slices. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a pizza snob at all. Uh, that's why I'm really surprised that Portnoy didn't love Carluccio because it's it's got exactly what he wants. It's crispy. Uh, it's thin. It's that coal-fired you know, uh, pizza oven, something broke down on that day. I don't know what happened. But I, as a guy that used to have to live and die by AAA and mobile coming in once a year each, and and it was just horrific uh, if they had bad experiences or service or something just broke down. Uh, because I think under normal circumstances, if you've ever gone in there and you see all the different variety the margarita one, all these different ones, uh, it, it's almost impossible to not get a great pizza out of that place. And yet he didn't. Yeah. He, he, you know why, Harry? I think I think he got the regular oven pizza. He didn't get the coal-fired one. Oh, that was a big mistake. A- Senator, I know you got to go. Uh, good to talk to you, my friend. Great being with you, and thank you for the extra time with Don T., my good buddy. So You know it. Take care. Ah, what a pleasure. Good to talk to you. Thank you. All right, let's get the halftime break in. We'll come back strong with Brother Don. Now, Don had a very cool interview with the Cowsills yesterday. I want to ask him about that, how it went, and then the review that we didn't get to do because Don was on assignment last week. Uh, We were both in the house for the conclusion of the summer concert series in Summers Point, and they were fantastic, and everything I expected came true. Love American Style was great. And then the solo with um, Two Sir With Love was amazing. I mean, when I sent it to Mark Giantonio and to Tom Cantone, Mark wrote Lulu. I mean, she was that good. And this was live. No studio help. No auto-tuned. I'm not saying Lulu can't sing because she's great. Uh and and it is my favorite version still. But this was probably the second best version of that song that I have ever heard. Second only to Lulu herself. We'll get Don's take on all of this when we come back. This is Hurley in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. 500. From the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Well, that was a lot of fun. It's 38 minutes past the hour. It's an official mental health break on the Hurley in the Morning program, Visiting with Don. We uh, just signed off. If you missed it, check out the podcast later. You can, as soon as it's uploaded, you can download it. And uh, you missed a really fun conversation with, I see, I don't put myself in their caliber. I'm not a pizza aficionado. Uh, I'm a consumer of the wonderful product, but but I would not consider myself um, 
well-versed in terms of talking about the carriage and all these different things. Uh, let's shift gears because we would have done this review last week, but you were on assignment. Simply put, I thought the cow sills were spectacular in Summer's Point. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, they're so great, Harry. I'll tell you, the cow sills been going since 1965. So it's kind of interesting. They're, they're the youngest. They do the Happy Together tour, so they're the youngest of their generation. You know, they, they tour with Gary Puckett and Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night and uh, Mark Lindsay from Paul Revere and the Raiders, the Buckinghams. So they're, they're the youngest because they were so young when they started, you know. And the Cal Sills were like the the pre-Osmond Osmonds, if you will, the oh, family yeah. that harmonized so beautifully together. They really did start it all, you know. And then, of course, they're the inspiration for the Partridge family, Harry, the family that actually sang with their mother. They want, They wanted to actually do the show, didn't they? Yeah, they, you know, they, and really what happened, uh, because they, they were truly the inspiration, their sound, the whole story. You know, imagine these these young rock and rollers wind up with their mother in the band. It was just, you know, unbelievable at the time. But um, they, they wanted actors, Harry. You know, Shirley Jones kind of told the whole story in a great documentary a few years ago and said that, you know, they loved the Cal story, but they wanted actors. And then look who they come up with. Academy Award winner Shirley Jones. uh David Cassidy, who becomes the biggest thing in the in the universe, and uh, you know, all based on the uh, the, the great Calcils, uh history and music themselves. Yeah, without a doubt. And Susan Calcil, I mean, she's my favorite of the, and you know, they're all great, but she's my absolute favorite. She was fantastic. Well, I sent Susan your regards yesterday, Harry. We had a really great interview. It, it's something I'd never done before. I've done a lot of Skype, you know, Zoom type interviews, but I never did with multiple people. So we had an interview with all of the Cowsills. It was wow. just, it was, you know, I'm going to get it up there online for you, Harry. We're going to use it for one of our segments. And they've got a great, the whole idea was this new album, Harry, first new music from the Cowsills in 25 years. Wow. And it comes out on September 30th. The album is called Rhythm of the World, which you, you and all the people that were in Summer's Point just a couple of weeks ago heard them debut that song live for the first time and uh it's just great it's a well great i'm gonna play. tell you something about that because sometimes you hear something new and a lot of times fans want to hear the old stuff uh i really enjoyed that when you hear something new it's almost like one of the um uh talent shows or the music shows the voice or american idol or america's got talent when you hear someone do an original song that you've never heard before, and you really like it right out of the box, that's when you know that something is good. I like that. It it sounded like it was familiar from the very first time they did it. It's, it's good work. Yeah, well, that's a, yeah, that, that's a compliment. The, and the whole idea, you know, it's funny when you, because you hear songs, you know, you heard The Rain, The Park, and other things. You heard Love American Style. But then you hear something new, and it makes you almost lean a little forward, you know, to you listen almost even more closely. Because here's this familiar sound from a group you're very familiar with, but here's something you just never heard before. And it's, you know, it is, it's great. We talked about it. It's the Cow Sills right where they are today, 21st century and the second decade of the 21st century, right exactly where they're supposed to be. And it's, it's going to be great, Harry. They sent, they sent us the album. I'm going to get it to you today. Uh, you're going to love it. It's, it's 11 great cuts. They wrote this while they were all on tour for a whole summer, touring with the Happy Together uh tour 
So they, they actually wrote this record on the road. It's something they had never done before and certainly had never done all together at the same time, the three of them. So it's special in so many ways, and we had a real good time with it. I'll get that that uh, up for you soon so everybody can can listen and see the interview. You can yeah. actually see it. And, and the quality was good? You're happy with everything? Well, it came out great, Harry. Thanks to you. I thank you very much because I backed it up with a, another recording because the uh, the Zoom recording failed. So there thank goodness go. we uh, we backed it up. Yeah, we uh, we strategized before the interview. We actually did a, a dress rehearsal. So that worked out very, very well. Don, we'll be right back. Don't go away. It's 43 minutes past the hour, this portion of Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brought to us by United Methodist Communities at the Shores. And this is something to um, to put on your calendar because you can join United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City this upcoming Thursday. That's September 29th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. for what they call their Fall Flannel Fest. It is fall, by the way, as today's the first full day. Enjoy live music, hot apple cider, crafters, games delicious pies, and a whole lot more. If you are considering senior living options for yourself or a loved one, I recommend the Shores. Transitioning to the Shores is as easy as move in, unpack, and experience the abundant life that the Shores has to offer. The Shores is fully remodeled. We've been there recently. It's beautiful with private apartments, two wonderful restaurants, a bistro on the first floor, they have a library upstairs. I mean, it's so well appointed. It has a, a hotel resort feel to it. It's really outstanding. They have an on-site fitness center and transportation to local shopping. And best of all, you're just three short blocks to the Ocean City Boardwalk and Beach. Don't miss the free community event, Fall Flannel Fest, this Thursday, September 29th, from 10 to 2. In the Shores front lot at 2201 Bay Avenue, in Ocean City to learn more about United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City. Call 609-399-8505. That's 609-399-8505. Tell them that Harry Hurley sent you 45 minutes past the hour. Back in just a few minutes. Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 500. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Hey, a lot of you know that I learned how to use a firearm when I was 11 years old. I've been practicing my entire life, and people ask me all the time, Hannity, what kind of gun should I get? Well, now I'm telling them, go to Henry Repeating Arms. And I always tell them to start just by going to their website, henryusa.com. You're going to get a free catalog. Now, Henry has over 200 models of rifles and shotguns to choose from. They're made with the finest craftsmanship I've ever seen. And you don't beat their performance. Every one I had was accurate right out of the box and reliable ever since. Their company motto is made in America or not made at all. They have a lifetime warranty, family-owned business. And these folks are true patriots who give back to our military, our vets, our first responders, sick kids, you name it. They support gun safety, and they support our Second Amendment. So if you're in the market for a high-quality American-made firearm, just go to HenryUSA.com. You get their free catalog, list of dealers, and free decals, 
HenryUSA.com. You'll love this company. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, uh, that man's giving you good advice. Take it. It's uh, 10 minutes before the top of the hour, 16 minutes until Brian Kilmeade. And a reminder, in case it gets crazy at the end, uh, tomorrow, live and local, 5 a.m., my very good friend Tom P., Rack and Fin Radio. John DeMassey from 9 to 12 noon, Talk With a Purpose, and Carmen Murata, Tony Mark presents in the 12 noon to 2 p.m. hours. Now, I've got to come clean on something. Well, I shouldn't probably word it that way because I, I became educated about this after the fact. I cannot believe how many captains of the New York Yankees. I, I've always just believed it was a very rare thing. Uh, I knew of a few, Lou Gehrig, Thurman Munson, of course, um, uh, Don Mattingly uh, and Derek Jeter. But it turns out Don shared with me uh, towards the end of the program, there just wasn't time to get back to it. My goodness, this list is unbelievable. There have been 13 New York captains, and I believe that Aaron Judge is going to be the 14th. 13. This is going to floor guest listener Dan, who is probably one of the most – intelligent sports aficionados that i know 1903 to 1907 clark griffith i would have no idea that that was so 1907 to 1909 kid elberfeld 1909 to 1912 hal chase then there was a little gap so you had a you had a yankee captain from 1903 through 1912 then you didn't have a yankee captain again for two years until 1914 to 1921, Roger Peckinpah. Uh, all I can tell you. Now, this one shocks me because I thought I knew everything about Babe Ruth. I never knew that Babe Ruth was the captain of the New York Yankees. And maybe the reason I didn't know is because it lasted for exactly five days. Don has the story behind that. Babe uh, misbehaved. And that was that. But May 20th, 1922 to May 25th, 1922, the Bambino was the captain of the New York Yankees for five days. Just almost ridiculous. Everett Scott took over after the Bambino from 1922 to 1925. Lou Gehrig from 1935 to 1941. So I guess actually... Lou Gehrig was the captain of the Yankees while Babe Ruth was still a player. And I don't think they liked each other very much. And he probably hated that, that Lou Gehrig was the captain. Then it was decades. See, this is what I was familiar with. It was from 1941 until 1976 when Thurman Munson became the Yankee, the great Yankee catcher, became the Yankee captain. Now, he died in the plane crash, he was a pilot in a small plane and he died. He was doing takeoffs and landings and everything was going great. But then uh, on one of them, he crashed and he had done a few before that and everything was fine. And then the, the terrible tragedy. So August 2nd, 79, he died and therefore he was no longer the captain of the Yankees. Um, and then it was not until 1982. This is also something I'm shocked because I thought I knew everything about Greg Nettles. I never knew he was the captain of the Yankees. I, I don't know what to tell you. And I don't think I even knew that Willie Randolph was the captain of the Yankees. 
and he was from 86 until 89. And I didn't know that Ron Guidry was the captain of the Yankees. And uh, I don't know if he's a good guy or if he's a jerk, but the day I met him, he was a real jerk. Ron Guidry, Louisiana Lightning. He was the um, the Yankee captain from 1986 to 1989. And then I did know that Don Mattingly was the captain of the Yankees from 1991 to 95. Then there was a gap again. Uh, and Derek Jeter became the captain in 2003, June 3rd, 2003, through September 28th, 2014. Derek Jeter, the last captain of the New York Yankees. And I think that Aaron Judge will be, if they follow my prescription, they need to let Judge go out there because he's either going to win this Triple Crown or come darn close. He's going to be the all-time home run uh, record holder season, uh, season a single season. And his season where he rolled the dice in a contract year, and guess what? He wins. He will get offers from the Mets, from the San Francisco Giants, and other suitors. And, and, and really, you think there would be scores of them, but with the salary cap and teams being able to afford certain big contracts on one person, the number of suitors really isn't as big as you think it would be. It'll be multiple teams. I mean, the Dodgers, for example, could make room. Uh, I haven't heard them mentioned. San Francisco, yes. New York Mets, yes. That would be cruel and unusual if Aaron Judge stayed in New York but was not a Yankee. That would be hard to hard to accept. But then the Yankees have to let him go out there because they didn't sign him. They should have. They should have given him one more year and a little bit more money, and he'd be locked up right now for nine years, eight years, nine years. But they offered seven. It's very stupid. You know, you're pinching pennies at that point. Look, you you all, all of them have to accept that in the later years, I mean, look, I'm being honest. I mean, Trout with the big contract, even at age 31 right now or where he's at, you know, he's been injured now and some things like that. Pull Hulse, the, the, the latter years, you know, although he's on a roll right now, uh, you're paying basically for probably five years and then hoping you get longevity in the next five or more, depending on how many years you give. Now, Judge is 30, so I don't know if he's going to ask for a nine-year deal, if he thinks he could do a 10-year deal to age 40. You have to accept that maybe it's five great years and then you don't know what you're going to get at some point. That's just, unfortunately, the um, the way that it goes. So you pay a premium. But they made a big mistake not signing him. Now, now to sign him, they're going to have to pay a whole lot more. And then it's not a financial remuneration, but, but you say to him, we don't want you to go anywhere. We want you to retire a Yankee. We want you to have played your entire career with the Yankees. And we want to also offer you the best contract that we can give you. And here it is. And it's much better than the one we gave you right before the season started. And it's more years and it's more money. And we want to make you the captain of the New York Yankees. That's what we think of you. That's what I would do. And I think he would sign. We'll see. All right. That's my analysis. Uh, And Don, thanks for the help with all those uh, Yankee managers or rather Yankee team captains. Did you have any idea there were that many? No, I did, but I, what I did know, I knew Babe Ruth was a captain. 
And I had known the story, which was basically, you know, back the Yankees won the World Series in 1921. Babe Ruth is the hottest thing in the world. And he had made a commitment to a lot of the players to do what was called barnstorming here. In those days, the players would barnstorm to make money because, you know, they didn't make the money that the athletes make today, of course. And uh, they needed it, you know, not so much Ruth as so many of the other players that he was committed to. So he had made a promise he was going to keep it. This heavy-handed commissioner, Landis, that guy they called him Mountain Landis, he was so big. Uh, Kennesaw Landis said, you know, see what happens if you continue down this road. So Ruth defied the commissioner of baseball. He went on that barnstorming tour for the uh, offseason, and he promptly was suspended uh, for the beginning of the 1922 season. So the Yankees, to show good faith to Babe Ruth, named him the captain during his oh. his exile. Okay? So he had a pretty rough time coming back. I guess he hadn't played in a bit, and he was cold, and the, the, the media was brutal on him. And so one day the umpire makes a bad call. It's five days into his season, and he picks up a handful of dirt and throws it right in the umpire's face. Oh, boy. How long did so he get they, suspended for that? He, he was suspended only one game, believe it or not. Wow. Pat. But, the, but the Yankees, though, to respond to that action, stripped him of his captaincy. So oh, this, is, this, is a, this is a great story. I absolutely love it. I'll tell you what I looked up the other day. You think about the difference. Now, I think judges' salary this year – because they did avoid arbitration, which was very smart. Because when you go into arbitration, the team has to bring up your shortcomings because uh, you're trying to win. Because if you lose, then he's going to get a couple million more on his side. Or So they met in the middle, and that was really great. I thought that was smart because you don't want to get into a thing of, of saying anything about your star player. So that was smart, and I gave them credit for that. I started looking at these salaries. So I think Judge is at $19 million for this year. And when you think about it, based on the season he's having and the other contracts that are out there, quite a steal. But finally, Judge had a pretty good payday because in those early years, even if you're great, those rookie contracts for the first five years or so before you have the um, unwielding you know, ability to be an uh, unrestricted free agent – uh, it's it's pretty rough. I mean, it's it's not good, uh, comparatively speaking. So I, that motivated me. I went back in time. How much do you think Roger Maris made? He was the MVP in 1960. How much do you think he made in 1961, the year he hit 61 home runs? Uh, I'd say not much, Harry. They weren't making much money. I, I think maybe he made, I don't know, $50,000 a year. He made $75,000. I don't have it in front of me, but I committed it to memory. How much do you think Mickey made that year? Uh, it's a good question. I, I guess he was being paid more because Maris had just gotten there. Uh, Mickey was probably in the 100, maybe thereabout. Exactly. He was making exactly yeah. what you just said. He was making $100,000. So when you see that movie that Billy Crystal did, that except for the McGuire parts, is just, I mean, it's just beautiful. It is a beautifully made movie. And uh, Billy Crystal is such a Yankee fan that it, I, I just, I watched it the other night, as you know. I told you about it. Um, so when you hear him talking about, hey, to his wife, Pat, we can't we can't afford to have a second house, you know, here in New York. Uh, so they were apart a lot of the season. And, and, you know, he was a good family man and kids and, you know, and loved his wife and all that. Uh, so they could not afford to have a second residence 
because he was making $75,000 a year. Sounds like a lot. But look what these – I mean, I don't want to say they're bums or anything, but you could have some pitcher that, that is like 8 and 14, 8 wins, 14 losses, 4 points on ERA, and they're making th- $2, 3000000 million minimum a year. It's crazy. Now, I know there's, there's inflation and such, but that's why in those days these baseball players, they played for the love of the game. They had second jobs. They were insurance salesmen, car salesmen. Uh, it wasn't like it is now. Oh no, no doubt. I mean, it's just it's such a different, uh, such a different era. And, and and you look at the way people played back then. They didn't go out injured. You know, it's it's kind of interesting how it all works. But the uh, it's such a. But to get back to it, it's such a great story. I'll tell you, Harry, I'm not big on the Washington Post, but John Feinstein wrote a piece today, very harsh towards Barry Bonds and the, and the steroid cheaters and very pro Aaron Judge chasing the real record, which he calls not the phony record that's out there, Correct. but the real record of Roger Maris. Will you join my, uh, my, my, my cause, my mission? I want to make uh, a push and get as many people involved as we can that there needs to be – look, if, if Roger Maris's record had an asterisk from 1961 – until 1991 then how can't they do that with these so i'm saying out of the eight now it's nine with judge the eight previous people that did it only maris and and i mean having 60 or better only maris and babe ruth count and judge mcguire and sosa and bonds did it a total of six times between them over 60 home runs I think the lowest was 63, then there was 64, and then there was 66, and 70, and 73 for Bonds. So uh, that, that, that I think is exactly what, what so far we know. Uh, we don't know where Judge is going to wind up. I think he's going to wind up somewhere around 63, 64, something like that. But there, there should be uh, – look, the, the, the home runs happened – Baseball sanctioned it all. They they knew what was going on. They they loved the the thing between Sosa and McGuire, and it was so exciting for the game. And but everybody knew these guys were completely like bigger than they had ever been, and you know, something was going on. If nobody wanted to admit it, something was going on. Sosa also had cork flying out of his bat that one year, and everything. So just cheaters, in my estimation. So count count their records, but. Have them as second, you know, separate records. Isn't that the thing to do? I, I think so. You know, hey, you know what? Here, very interesting thing I learned last night. Roger Maris actually had 163 games that year in oh, 1961. Yeah. Did you know that? Yes, I did know it, but not until recently. I did a whole monologue on it, but it wasn't literally 163 because it counted as 162. There was a tie game that they had to resolve. So they played 163rd game, and that counted as one game with the other one that had been a tie game, and they counted the stats for both of them. So it's true. If that game didn't happen, Maris would have been at 60. It's a great point. Correct. And we did cover it. Don, that's the music. Uh, We got to go. Kill Me's here. And uh, we wish you a great day, a great weekend, and uh, love the uh, official mental health break that we just had. 
It was great. And great with uh, Senator Testa, too. Really yes. enjoyed it. Take care, everybody. You too, Don. And looking forward to uh, reviewing, seeing your video of your interview with the entire Cal Sills family. That's rare to get something like that.